got so far to go, even though we come so far, yeah. We gotta push on so they know, and they don't forget who we are. Say we got so far to go, even though we come so far, yeah. We gotta push on so they know, and they don't forget who we are. Hello and welcome to another piece of waste division audio content. Uh, I can't say what I normally say because I usually say something like, hello and welcome to another episode of the Waste Books podcast or the Waste Books appendices. Um, but that's not true anymore. We are trying a new project called Waste Radio, where we've basically just renamed our book club feed um, and we're, we're calling it Waste Radio in the hopes that we can open this up to just being like a weekly uh, provider of audio content of various kinds. So um, this is actually kind of fun because the first kind of seed of Waste Radio is uh, my show. I've been kind of shy about doing a show, but um, I've been like dominating this feed and just kind of going nuts. So it's kind of like, all right, Phil, are these waste books appendices or are they something else? And I think they're they're making their way towards something else. So I finally just decided to go for it and come up with a show name. Um, I'm calling it Filthy Talk. It's like dirty talk or trash talk, but it's filthy and it's a pun on my name. So it's nice and obnoxious that way. Um, it's just going to be kind of similar shit to what I've been doing probably more just long conversations like two hours or three hours even I might throw in some like coffee length ones like an hour or a half hour um I mean like over coffee I talked about them or described them before as like uh if you were to meet up with somebody over coffee you have an hour or half hour and you just sort of chat but you also kind of have the chance to get into um more serious stuff Okay, so anyway, yeah, this is my new show. It's called Fucking Filthy Talk. I hope you enjoy it. Um, it's so okay. So let me back up. Waste Division, or uh, Waste Division is our art collective, and we have a website called waste-division.org, um, and that serves as like an open platform where people submit stuff. Um, so we put up poetry or visual art or uh, music and other stuff of people that just get a hold of us and say, hey, we need a platform for this. And that's exactly what we built it for, so that's great. And we've been venturing into the podcast realm here more and more. I, and I've i especially kind of just been getting obsessed and doing too much, and it's been confusing. So um, anyway, getting into our, the podcast realm, we're like, okay, Maybe we can do something similar as we do with a website where this podcast feed can be a place uh, for people to submit ideas that they have for like a pilot for a podcast. And, you know, they can send it to us and be like, well, I don't want to pay for a whole channel and I don't know if this is like really something that would take off, but I want to try it out. Um, They can send it to us and we've got this feed that we could just plug it into um, we're talking about posting on Wednesdays because it's kind of easy to remember Wasted Wednesday or Waste Division 
fucking waste references. Um, so WW Waste Wednesday. Look out for uh, shit. It'll be probably some episodes of more filthy talk or our Waste Books podcast uh, about once a month. Probably some more Waste Books appendices, which we'll keep on as maybe like a way for us to keep talking about books outside of the book club podcast. I know Eric is going to be doing some stuff. He just talked to Sarah Dredd and Laura of Rogue Witch Apothecary, and they did like a witch interview. Um, But anyway, so we're just going to have this fucking open radio feed with kind of various stuff being posted every week. Um, Okay, okay, okay. So I think I'm kind of starting to make sense. Filthy Talk is kind of like the first example of this where like I was excited about being able to do different stuff with a podcast feed. So I started doing the appendices and I quickly started, you know, realizing that there was it was something that needed its own um, fucking category. So I was like, all right, I've done a few of these appendices. It makes sense that I want to do a show now. Um, So Filthy Talk is kind of like the first egg to kind of hatch from the incubator of Waste Radio. And I'm really excited about it. I really like talking, so it's like a nice excuse for me to keep meeting with people and keep talking with them about stuff that I'm thinking about, kind of stuff that the Waste mind is thinking about through the the book club podcast. And this is the first episode, and for the first episode, I'm really happy to have had my friend Drew McManus of the band Satsang, or Satsung is how you say it, it's spelled Satsang, S-A-T-S-A-N-G. They have a new album called Culture Out, and uh, Drew agreed to meet up with me. We've been friends for a fucking while, like eight years or ten years or something, since we worked in a coffee shop at the time. Drew has gone on to um, kind of bust out of an alcoholism habit and really lead a pretty fucking healthy life and an admirable life. He's really a hustler, um, makes good music, and he's got a band that's touring nationally now. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk to him. He's also like a really pretty good talker. Um, He likes to argue about things so we kind of get along that way because we just argue with each other and I was able to ask him about some stuff that I've been thinking about for a while and kind of pick his brain about other shit he's always got insights to offer um and he's got a nice like punk rock like street attitude too in combination with this professional hustler attitude thing that he's been working on he's also a jujitsu student and so we talk a little bit about fighting and how that has affected his relationship with his body and his confidence and his attitude. And, uh, yeah, we talk about a bunch of other shit. So please enjoy the first official episode of Filthy Talk since I've decided to not be so shy and just be like, all right, I'm going to do a show. Um, the first episode here is with my friend and lead singer, guitarist of Satsung, Drew McManus. Um, keep an eye out for more shit from Waste Radio on Wednesdays. Thank you. If I get too high, dude, I'll just start. I just, just go out. off, dude. I just yeah. start. I just start talking, and then I don't remember where we started. Yeah, that's a problem. Yep. I have that all the time. <laughs> and you can usually find your way back, though. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have. A, it's funny, like when you listen to Rogan's podcast, especially when he has someone real smart on. It always seems helpful that he has 
you know, an anthropologist on where he's like, wait, how did we get here? And he's like, because of this. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could tell Jeff was like, so I just had this guy, Jeff Jones, on, mm-hmm. who's like a tech guy yep. in L.A. And you could tell that he's like got his shit together more because mm-hmm. he would like have a really w- good way of just like running back through like, oh, OK, where were we? Google. Like capitalism, map, map blah, the whole blah, thing yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Find your way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thanks for coming over. Happy to be here, dude. I love long form conversations. I yeah, think they're yeah. really important. Um, what do you like about them? I think we just uh, we live in a time of uh, Facebook headlines and uh, one sentence attention grabber fishing. Um, and the room for misunderstandings when you let someone talk to you for, you know, over an hour, it's pretty slim. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I think that's probably the coolest, most important thing about podcasts becoming popular. That's why I say yes every time a podcast reach out to me. Um, nice. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, it's so easy to, to grab little snippets of, you know, an interview. Like, we get articles written all of the time. And I'll read an article, yeah. um, whether it's about a show or, you know, sometimes I'll do a fucking 20, 30 minute interview with someone, you know, and they write a five paragraph article and I'm like, fuck, you didn't say anything in mm. that. All the cool shit that we talked about didn't make it into the article. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so with the, these kind of conversations, it it's all there, you know. Right. It's cool. Sometimes you have to sift through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, even, I think it's kind of fascinating, like. On Rogan, he had uh, Elon Musk on there. Yeah, that was a wild one. It was wild, but one of his friends even was talking about, like, how it was a rough episode to start out. Yeah. So, like, even professionals, like, have, like, not great conversation that you have to kind of get through sometimes to, like, get to good... And, of course, you want to get to good stuff, like, right away, and, like, usually I try to do that, but... It's cool with long form because you can kind of set foundations for the conversation. Correct. And then, like, have a lot more time to see those uh, play out. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, get a fuller picture of kind of what both people are thinking. Or Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, I, I, th- I think the other great thing about it is I actually I saw a post on Facebook the other day that was a uh, – this guy was like – um. Fuck Joe Rogan and, uh, you know, essentially saying that the he didn't like Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then there are all these people commenting. Um, and both of the people were like, I've never listened to the Joe Rogan podcast and here's why. And then they like passed all these judgments about the type of mm-hmm. uh, person that he is. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, so let's get this straight. You literally just admitted that you've never heard the dude talk. And here's some opinions about him. And here's some opinions about him. (laughs) And I think what Rogan does, I think the reason that he's found so much success in his podcast is because he's not scared to have people on that he knows he doesn't doesn't agree with. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you're willing to be like, yeah, man, let's get Alex Jones in here and get him fucking stoned. Dude, I just listened to the five-hour fucking Alex episode. I made it about two hours in, man. (laughs) That guy's a fucking kook. It was awesome, actually. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, is, like, I think it's important that people see that, like, we don't have to hang out in echo chambers mm-hmm. that like, you know, it's one thing that, that fighting has really brought to me is there's people that I train with. They're way different and shit. Dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. Couldn't be more different politically for me. Yeah. Yeah. That if I 
was stranded somewhere in the middle of the country, they would they would do anything to make sure that I was okay. Mm. You know, and it's like we don't have to fucking agree on everything to be friends or close, even or even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's um, you know, I ha- I definitely walk a weird line with that because yeah. there's, there's definitely um boundaries. Like, where if someone's like, no, nah, man, I just think white people are a superior race. I'm like, well, we're probably not going to be friends. <laughs> but, like, you yeah. know, I think for the, there's, like, yeah, I mean, dude, if you have fucking different views on economics, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You know, that's shit that we can shake out. Right. Or, actually, we probably don't even have to shake it out. Mm-hmm. Because us shaking it out isn't probably going to change economics. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a wild time, man. I think tribalism... <laughs> You know, and just identity politics, which are those two terms, tribalism and identity politics, they get they're getting turned over a lot now, hmm. which is good. But I, th- I think we're just at a time, dude, where people are just fucking picking teams, dude, and they're just ride or die for their team. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of killing independent thinking, mm-hmm. you know, like there seems to be a lot of emphasis on, you know, especially on the far left. That's like, well, if you agree with this then it means this about you. If you agree with this, then it means you support all of this and this and this and this. And it's like, no, you know, life's not that simple, man. It's fucking nuanced. Right. Um, Sorry. Getting a pencil here. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, I think that's, a, that's a big benefit to the long-form conversations, too, is like, and just having people with differing opinions on. Yeah, yeah. It's Because it's scary to, like, open up and make yourself available to hear those kind of things i think in some ways because it uh what well, just challenges you right like mm-hmm. you have to well one quote that i really liked it was just i cleaned in the philosophy department at my college and once somebody some professor on their door had this uh sign with a quote from socrates probably or plato i don't even remember but i remember the quote it was like the ability or intelligence isn't based on the ability to, like, think high ideas. It's the ability to entertain whatever idea. And yet, at the same time, have the distance to, um, like, separate yourself from it. Mm-hmm. So, right, and that's interesting that you say identity, you know, it's called identity politics. Mm-hmm. Because it does become, like, a heavy part of the identity. And I don't think identity politics is unique that way. Like, conservatives are yeah, very absolutely. identified yeah. with oh, their... Yeah beliefs yeah. and probably most people yeah um and most of them when you break them down don't make a lot of sense like mm-hmm. you know for me it's just not worth arguing anymore with with people i yeah. just don't i don't have time but um yeah i mean you the more you dissect an extreme on either side mm. i mean if you're using actual intellect and reason it's pretty easy to to, to really rip apart the far right and the far left is is pretty dumb mm. really um you know, like, for instance, the far right is like, <laughs> you should trust the police. The police are good, but also everyone should have guns in case we have to fight the government. Yeah, And yeah. the left is like, fuck the police, fuck authority, but they're the only ones that should be allowed to have guns. Mm. Like, you see, just yeah, just yeah. that simple, just that sure. one topic. You see how stupid and dissecting, how, how quick you can dissect yeah, that into yeah. piffle. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, and I just, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's good because I think that there is... A perfect example of this is, like, for me, I think, I, b- I believe strongly in, like, this theory of, like, 
a, a thought economy, right? Mm. That like, as far as an economy of thoughts is concerned, you have to let free market reign, man, because mm. it always, it always, it always works. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the reason we've made the advances in science that we have is because we've allowed people like, yeah, man, say your thing. Mm. And hopefully there's someone that's smarter than you working to disprove your shit and, mm. and, and provide something better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like the, the a person that I point to a lot is Richard Spencer. Mm. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know who Richard Spencer is, he was like the poster Neo boy guy. for the alt right. Yeah. Okay. So he initially was he he kind of wanted to come out and be like, you know, represent racism in a very Ivy League intelligent kind of way, right? Like that was his thing. You know, an Antifa. You know, it was shutting his shit down left and right, um, which, hey, you know, whatever. Like, I guess, you know, I, I have lines, too, where I'd be like, no, motherfucker, you got to bounce. Mm. Um, but I think what was great was Richard Spencer was he had his platform and he pretended as though he had this very intelligible way to explain racism and how white people are the proper mm. heirs to all greatness and everything. And he had his platform. He got all of his ideas out there. Have you heard a fucking thing from him in the past year? Mm. He's disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Because he put all of his ideas out there. I like to believe that there's a certain level of common sense with most grown-ups. Mm. You know, the thought economy decided that his ideas weren't worth shit, mm. and he went away. No one, no, one follow, no one watches his YouTube videos anymore. He doesn't have any sort of platform. Yeah, yeah. You know? And now he'll live the rest of his life as like, oh, yeah, you're the weird, like... <laughs> Well, so speaking of Alex Jones, like that would be kind of the counter example mm -hmm. where for at least until recently, yep. he was able to dominate yeah. the idea econ economy. Yeah. So what do you do about somebody like that? I mean, obviously we've decided to take him offline, I guess. I think that's a slippery slope too, man. It seems like it. You know, I, here's what's interesting though. I used to be very much in on team like punch Nazis, right? Mm. I came from like the punk rock world of like... Yeah, no, you just beat the shit out of racists, um, <laughs> which I still am not completely against. Sure. Um, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's case dependent. Um, but I think, you know, I had this funny moment. Um, I was backstage at a show that we were playing with Trevor Hall somewhere on the East Coast. And I was reading this article in the paper that there was going to be a KKK rally. I think we're in North Carolina or something mm. like that. And I was like, you know what everyone should do? And Trevor's bass player lifted his head up from his book and he said, stay home and give them absolutely zero attention. Mm -hmm. And then just went back to reading his book. <laughs> and it sat really heavy with me because mm. could you imagine if there was a KKK rally, no opposition showed up. So that was the story. The mm. KKK came and no one gave a fuck. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'd go out and demonstrate anymore? If every mm -hmm. time they went out, it was them just standing with them. Yeah. There was no opposition. There was no discourse. Sure. There was no one to have their conversation with or plead their case. Mm -hmm. Everyone was like, you are so fucking stupid yeah, yeah. that we are just actually not even going to look at you. Right. We're not even going to pay attention to you because that's you're that dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an important thing to think about. Well, it has to do with the... Uh like spectacle mm -hmm. nowadays and yep. it's like the trump game basically yep. of like if you can make it bombastic and make headlines yep. then you won yep so that's interesting yeah i mean that's a, that's a tr that's a tricky subject because mm -hmm. there is the like there's that aspect of like don't say anything but then there's also the like there's a level of uh 
of consciousness in there that's like, fuck, man. Well, we can't just let this dude sit here and say this dumb shit unchecked. Yeah. You know, I get, yeah, I get both sides of it. But, you know, I think, you know, not paying attention to the drunk dude that's clearly trying to start a fight is typically the best way to handle him. Mm. You know, sure. Because he wants to fight someone. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you just ignore him and don't make eye contact with Mm. him, you know, he'll probably get himself kicked out of the bar. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Um, okay, I want to step back a little bit. We've gone right into something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a talker, so I kinda have to Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And you know, yeah, you take a medicine well, that early on in the podcast. Mary Jane. Like, get the engine going. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good. Um so who the fuck are you? First off, <laughs> I know I know who you are. Right, right. And right. some people, a lot of people who w- probably are going to listen to this are going to know who you are. Yeah. But uh, my name is Drew. I am a uh, a partner and a parent, and the lead singer and songwriter in a band called Sad Song. Um, I'm a martial artist and uh, thinker and a painter. I think. I think that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm those things. Cool. As a human. Yep. Yep. Um, those are the things that you are. Those are the things that I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I would say most most well known for the music thing. Yeah. Um, which is a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. Weird thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So little intro. Drew McManus. Yep. Drew and I know each other um, from a while back. Almost 10 years, maybe? 8, 10 years? Oh, I think over... Uh, if 10. Because I'm 26. Yeah, I would have got that job when I was, yep. like, 16. So I started working at a local coffee shop here, and Drew was there. Started around the same time, I think. Yep. I had just gotten out of rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were you were drinking pretty heavy. And yeah. And that was the thing. We would go hang out at Ryan's house, and we'd all... And I was excited because you guys were, like, older dudes, and I got to hang out with you. Yeah. We'd smoke cigarettes and, yep. like, the apartment there and... It was pretty awesome. Yeah. But we've always had like a way of talking to each other and Mm -hmm. we're both pretty, I think, how would I say? Both of us enjoys a good discussion. Yeah. Like we're not really afraid to get into shit with people and or each other. Um, Turn some shit over and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been wanting to have you on some kind of podcast for a while and kind of only recently started doing this thing where I have a place to put like interviews. Yeah, yeah. Um and we're talking about doing some different shit with that like starting waste radio. Yep. This is waste books appendixes and it's like a little confusing. Anyway, um but I've wanted to talk to you for a while on the record and kind of just see what you're thinking about cuz we have a lot in common, mm-hmm. I think in how we think about stuff. You mentioned like a common uh, punk past, mm-hmm. you know, and I have a bit of that. Not quite like skater, I was just like Billings, like nerd punk guy. That, sure, like, sure, yeah. With a punk band among other bands or whatever. Right, right. Um, but I think we have similar views about stuff. Um, I don't know where where do you want to start? Like I, I could think of some stuff to ask you that I've kind of thought about. Yeah, but, let's do that. Um, well. Let's just start with, like, it's something I'm interested in talking about with people is, like, their path mm-hmm. and kind of how they hacked it through, right? Because you're, I mean, as you just mentioned, like, you got out of rehab mm-hmm. 10 years ago or so. Yep. And have since 
um, you know, pretty become like a success or whatever. Yeah. Um, with your band and you guys are nationally touring and have uh, deals and like 80,000 listeners on Spotify or something. Yeah. It's going up every day now because we just released the new record. Yeah. Yeah. Culture dropped like last Uh, week. Yep. Last Friday. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, culture with a K culture with a K. Yeah. You know, uh, that's been a, it's been a weird thing. So like, um, brief, uh, pre-rehab, I uh, was actually born here in Billings, and then I moved to the Midwest with my mom and stepfather, uh, who raised me. Stepfather is an alcoholic, super abusive dude, just a terrible, terrible human being. Mm. Um, I went in that, and then when I was about f- f- 14, 15, uh, my brother joined the army and went to Iraq. Mm. Uh, I went to war, and soon after that, I took off. Um, Just kind of got tired of getting my ass kicked every day. Mm -hmm. So I bounced. um, Bounced around for a while, staying with friends, um, and then moved to Chicago. Um, And, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, I started drinking heavy, like, at 16, because Mm -hmm. I just, I was very much in the, like, skate, drink, fight the kind of like dropkick Murphy rancid like yeah yeah violent punks <laughs> shit you know right um like fuck everything because nothing matters mm-hmm. um, nihilism yeah yeah <laughs> I mean and just just love to having to you know getting blackout drunk yeah you know yeah. really right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and doing drugs um so Chicago was a great incubator for that ha- those habits oh yeah um. <laughs> So yeah, I wanted to get my shit together. My dad worked at a re, my re- biological father worked at a rehab here. So I came out, went to rehab, got out, and started drinking again soon after. And were you you were in rehab for drinking? Yeah, cocaine, cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, I thought. But I, when I got out, I had kind of convinced myself like, oh, it was the coke that was the problem, man. You're good. Right, right, right. You know, and then went back to the drinking thing, mm-hmm. and it became apparent that it was definitely the alcohol that was the problem, and cocaine was just around all the time. So I did it. Mm. Um, nice, but yeah, man, grew up selling drugs and, um, you know, nothing crazy, but like enough to pay my rent. Well, you told me you would make crack and stuff and dude, that was one time. Oh, just the one. That was one time that we made crack. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I sold all sorts of shit. Um, yeah, like nothing, nothing, not like some crazy game shit, but like that was how I paid my bills for a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just always kind of had a knack for the hustle, man. I mm-hmm. and I think, I think I really got into selling drugs because I just kind of like the game of it, right? Um, you know, and it's something that is that is uh, made me qu- quite good at navigating the music industry, right? Um, a bit like a drug game, huh? Yeah, quite, <laughs> quite, really. Um, you know, as an independent artist, um, I take great pride in the amount of uh, investment that I've made on myself. Mm. Um, you know, this, this last, this record that we just released culture, I had a couple label that I was talking with. I waited a while to say the S on that label, uh, that I was talking with and, um, was about to say yes to one. And then at the very last moment, like as they were drawing up contracts, I, 
was in the shower and was just like, no, man, I think I'm going to do it myself. So I took all of my residual income that comes in every month from people listening to my music online and just began investing every fucking penny into this new record, mm. um, which is real similar to being like, okay, cool, I just sold this pound. I'm going to take the money from this, and now I'm going to get two pounds. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of that uh, pick and flip. Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, um, you know, the model seems to be working. We're yeah, doing yeah. pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Not as good as I'd like to be, but great, you know. Word. That's cool. Yeah. Um, You've been touring a lot. Maybe we, before we turn the mics on, you were talking a bit about, like, Taking out loans for a van and shit. Yeah, man, I just got my fucking credit drawn today. Seven eighty two on a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when we first started, like with Keller, when we had first hired Keller, mm-hmm. I started working with Artifact Concepts Management. Um, Brian, uh, who's one of my managers, um, gave me. A van to use, and he let me pay him. I think he sold it to me for five hundred dollars, and he let me pay him in payments. Mm. Uh, and he bought my first round of merch, um, and you know, really fucking got us rolling. Yeah, and um, just kind of made me do all the things I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I used to pride myself on not having a bank account. Yeah, yeah. And then he is just, that right? Yeah. How recently? Um, I got my first bank account. Uh, after I left Chicago, it wasn't until I started working at Off the okay. Leaf that I had a bank account. Oh no shit! Yeah, wow. Yeah, wild, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to just go to check cashing places even when I had a real job. Yeah, yeah. Unbanked, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Unbanked forever. <laughs> yeah, and now I have like six accounts and all that. But you know, yeah. I mean, I we needed a nicer van, so you take a loan out to get a van, yeah. and then you need a fucking trailer, so I bought a trailer. Um, but I mean, it's 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 really there's. Talent is a huge part of getting a band off the ground. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that goes into it, you know. And mm. I just became uh, pretty obsessed, man, mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's troublesome for me to not think about it. I think about it more like probably I would say 90% of my waking time is spent thinking about Satsung and how to make it better and mm-hmm. more efficient. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fucked up, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or no, we'll we'll say seventy percent that, thirty percent combat sports. Okay. And bounce back very rapidly between the two. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of working on uh, on being more present mm. and trying to exercise some kind of mindfulness. It's a funny thing too, mm. because of the name of the band mm. and our ties to the yoga community. And I enjoy doing yoga, and my wife is a yoga teacher. Yeah. You know, the, I think the other thing that's important for me to do long-form conversations is people get this idea of me, man, like that I'm... Uh, Fucking hippie-ass. Yeah, and then I got some shit figured out yeah. where really, I mean, I do in a lot of areas. Um, <laughs> but as far as mindfulness and stuff, man, uh. I mean, I, I've been trying to cuss less for going on fucking... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> going on... Perfect. Going, uh, going on like 10 years. Um you know, I mean, my mind is uh, is a very fast moving object, mm. um, and I'm it, I, I'm practicing it's slowing it down. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not a anything. You know, like when I write, a it's something I practice all the time writing. 
and hip hop has played a huge role in my life of wanting to get good with words. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I just am fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people have things like you could literally give me a pen and a pad right now and be like, give me a fake scenario that I could be in in my life and I could write you 16 on it and they'd mm-hmm. be cold as fuck. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just happens. I don't. Some people can fucking make oil paintings that you can't tell. Or like Steve Brown, you ever see that dude's paintings? Yeah, the yeah. fuck is that, dude? You're yeah. just like making pictures with paint. Right. Everyone's got things, man. <laughs> I just got good with a pen. I don't yeah. know. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a blessing, right? That it was given to me. So, but it's not all. Uh... Well, I guess I wanted to ask you about that because you talk a lot in your songs. I was listening to Culture earlier. I was mm-hmm. cleaning. What do you think of it? I like it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I like that solely shit. Yeah. There's like a fucking indie punk song in there or some shit. Yeah, I wrote that for my <laughs> wife years ago. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of your lyrics are about, right, like getting better and like... It's important to it, me. Yeah, yeah. I th- and I think it's good. I wonder... About the extent to which you impl- imply that you're like a teacher in that, yeah, because you are singing the songs from a stage, right? And I do recognize that you like talk about how it's everybody doing stuff together, mm-hmm. but there's a yeah, there's that thing about how yeah, even if you don't have those pretensions, you've got like a fucking spotlight on you and a yep. microphone, yep. And, and these people are listening to yep. you. So, and I, I'm interested in like cults. Mm-hmm. You know, I like do a lot of research on cults. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, shit. yeah, totally. And it's same. interesting to think about like artists and like their cultiness and yeah. So I don't know, like that's just a bunch of stuff. I like to just kind of throw things out yeah. and see where people pick, yeah. pick up. Um, a, a couple things. One, I think I just in the last year have stepped into that mm. of, of being like, cool. Well, like it or not, dude, you're a leader. Mm. People are following uh, your music. They're yeah, listening yeah. to what you have to say. Ipso facto, that makes you a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is, after every single show, uh, I go to the merch booth mm. and I hang out until they kick me out because mm-hmm. I want to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and I want to kind of, I do that for a couple reasons. One, because I think the nature of our music, when you're singing about things like growth mm-hmm. and working through shit, mm-hmm. which is like a common theme in my life, man. I'm mm-hmm. never not chipping away at myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, other people, it kind of becomes a soundtrack for what they're doing. Yeah, so yeah. they get really emotionally attached yeah. to it. So they have stories. The song, the songs tend to be more than just songs to them. Right. If they're religious almost or spiritual. Yeah, well, because yeah. they're attaching it to a thing in their life, you know, Spir- like... Which is like spiritual growth or something. Yes, likely. yes, yes. Yeah. So like I Am, which is our most played song, it almost has two yeah. million plays on Spotify and it's never been put on a playlist. Yeah, yeah. No, none of our songs have. They're huh. all like natural listens, which yeah. is a fucking weird thing to yeah. have happen. Huh. Um, but people have told us some of the craziest stories, man. Yeah. I mean, like I was kidnapped and tortured for three days and... I got out of it and I thought that the trauma of that experience was going to ruin my life. And then I heard this song. Yeah. So it's like, fuck me, dude. Wow. You know, like that's a, it, 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 it checks me. I think it does the opposite of what it oh. could do. Like if someone was, I think, I think if you're doing like drinking alcohol of the time, um, I could see how it could make someone kind of drunk on themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. oh man, I'm just guiding these people. Right. Right. For me, it does the opposite. It really humbles me and takes me back to like, man, you better be careful because, right. you know, the shit that you're writing down in your notebook 
has the potential to change the trajectory of somebody's life. Yeah. So these people are watching you. Yeah, yeah. So you better keep it fucking real. Right. So that's my that's my whole shit with it, man. I feel humbled when I hear these. Uh, it's a responsibility. Exactly. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't take it lightly anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to just be like, I don't know, man. It's just coming through me. <laughs> and like, while that is the truth, sure. it's like. It's becoming more than that, yeah. and that I and that I have a responsibility to step into it and own it a bit, right, right. and not be a dick about it. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, I'm constantly trying to break down the the culty vibes. Like anytime right. I can have a <laughs> a face to face with someone, that's why I'll hang for yeah, so long yeah. at the merch booth. Is because I just want people to see like just I'm a just dude. a dude. Yeah. And if you hung out with me for a day, I think you'd see that I am much different than you probably perceive me to mm. be. You know, when I'm home, I am a stay-at-home dad. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. And then twice a week, I come to Billings and go to the MMA gym and fight my friends. Mm-hmm. That's what I do when I'm home. Right. And then ride at night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, scenes are weird, though. Scenes. See, I guess I wanted to get at this a little bit, right? Because... Um, <laughs> You talk a lot about revolution, mm-hmm. which I'm down with, right? Mm-hmm. I have an anti-capitalist punk band mm-hmm. um, slash investment investment firm. So if, <laughs> if you need to, if you need to invest, if you want to invest in an anti-capitalist, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm down with that shit. I am scared almost to write that word in a song mm-hmm. because I think there is something about it. And I, I think it's an, an issue that we should talk about, right? So that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, because part of me is, like, from a puritanical standpoint, like, I don't need, I shouldn't sing about the, like, with this word. Like, I just need to write stuff that is this. Yep. Right? Because there's something that happens when you put that word in or other words that are kind of cheap almost, mm-hmm. where if people hear it, they're like, oh, yeah, fucking revolution. I'm down with the mm-hmm. revolution. Like, fucking anarchy shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. You know? Um or on the flip side, like revolution, like yeah, like bring back the Beatles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so I'm just wondering I I don't know quite what I'm wondering. I'm wondering about like trustafarians that come to your shit sure. and like people that you might use your music as a way to convince themselves that they're good people. Sure. When like Practically, they might not be. And there's, like, a lot of judgment packed in there yep. on purpose. Like, yep. I'm trying to oh, pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. problematize that. Yep. So um, I don't know if you have thoughts Here, about here's that. Here's the thing with me. So uh, like I had said to you before, I took the big five personality test. Mm. Can you push that back a little bit? This way? Towards you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have a lot of personality traits mm. congruent with uh, conservatism. Right. We were which is really that. interesting. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, I don't think I'm that conservative. I do believe that, uh, A, I'd like to preface this with, I feel like I have the right to say that I, what I'm about to say. Mm. I think anyone has the right to say anything really, but mm. I feel quite vindicated in what I'm about to say, mm. um, which is I think regardless of circumstance, taking a victim role is not the way. Um, and I can tell you one thing that you touched on. I can tell you when... Um, people that identify in groups that say because you're a white male, you don't have the right to say that victimhood is bad. Yeah. I had my nose broken three times before I was in sixth grade by my father. Mm. The first time I saw someone's 
body capabilities leave them because they were hit with a blunt object. I was, I think, nine. Mm. Um, I come from some of the grimiest, most fucked up shit any human being um, should ever see. Um, I watched my brother go to war, come back a different person, and then I watched him go to prison. Mm. Um, I mean, I, 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 my environment was fucked growing up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up in a... In a neighborhood where shit was never not hitting the fan, man. Like, violence was just a thing. Inside my house, outside my house, nonstop. Um, And many, many people that I grew up with that had similar upbringings um, used it as a way to... You know, my fucking sister died from addiction, man. Mm. Um, You know, I sent my brother to prison. Mm -hmm. And he's he's snapped out of this whole thing. And he's, like, on his shit now. So um, I say all that to say... People with certain groups within the scene, right? There's this i this identity of like I don't know, like I for me revolution starts with the person, right, right. So I guess what is considered a conservative belief of mine is I think that regardless of where you come from and what the fuck happened to you, it is in your best interest to not take a victim stance at all, mm-hmm. because all that's going to do is fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. Figure out what it is you want to do. Begin radically investing in yourself and putting everything you have into that thing. Mm. Surround yourself with people that believe in you that are also working on goals Mm -hmm. and get to fucking work. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't care what color you are, what gender you are, Mm -hmm. what you identify as. That's, I think that's sound advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Now there's like layers of privilege of like, well, that's easy for you. Fuck, it's, it's, it's easy and it's hard for... Mm-hmm. All sorts of people to say True But it's not a bad It's not bad advice to sell someone Don't identify as a victim Go to fucking work Do everything you can To make your life better mm-hmm. every day That's yeah, fucking yeah. good advice Right So I've implied that in my own life And seen quite substantial growth Yeah yeah Alright so you got to victimhood You just want to bring that shit up Sorry No I, some... I forget where we even started <laughs> But like I asked you about Trustafarians Yes but no okay So <laughs> so where Trustafarians come in Is like yeah, that yeah. right So that that's that's where that what that like starts at though right is this ability to be like okay i the the same people that seem to tote the the whole privilege conversation yeah. also tend to be people that are like haven't had very hard lives mm. so they like attach to mm. things like right like oh well i'm an activist and mm-hmm. i believe this this and this and it's like well that must be real fucking nice mm. because your parents pay your rent and you know, you have time to do all of these different causes because you don't have to worry about being homeless. Mm. So that must be nice for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, for instance, like the hippies that are like, man, life is not about work. And, you know, mm. these jobs, man, they make us slaves and we all got to be free. And it's like some of the discourse that I've seen online, man, where like a hippie dude in one of our Facebook groups will be like, hey, man, I'm going to settle down here looking for work. Mm. And he has kids and shit. And the amount of people that are telling him, like, hey, man, you shouldn't, you know, that's just going to bind you down. It's like, no, dude, go to work. Mm. Go fucking do your best. Provide for your family. That's a fucking good thing to do, Mm. you know? That's not a bad way to spend your life is, like, taking care of people that you've procreated, you know? Right. um, But I think, you know, yeah, I mean, the Trustafarian thing is it's, like, that's never going to not be a thing. It's in every scene. It's, like, Mm. uh, Harvey from the Cro-Mags. Uh, in his book, he talks a lot about being in the hardcore scene in New York City, mm. 
and that they would, you know, they would like sleep in these flop houses on the east side and shit like that. And then winter would come and there wouldn't be heat in the flop house anymore. And he'd find out that eight out of the 10 hardcore kids that he was hanging out with actually mm. were all like, oh, yeah, I'm going back to my parents' house mm. in Hoboken. It's right. like, oh, that must be fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't pay much mind to, pe- you know, I have, a, to be honest, I've always kind of had a, uh, a prejudice against people that I've n- known to have an easy life. Mm. Or that I've known come from money. Mm-hmm. It's something I've had to work on the past mm-hmm. couple of years because it's something that's out of someone's control. Mm, right. Um, but it just has tended to breed personality traits that I don't necessarily mm. align with, you mm-hmm. know. You know, I've had to fight for everything that I have and I've had to work very, very hard mm. and I've sacrificed a lot of relationships and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as far as Trustafarians go, I don't like them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm trying to bring up this thing about like, because it's basically a problem of like a basic plot problem of revolution in general, I right. think, which is that you have to take a structure and like, oh, sorry, I got distracted. Um, you have to figure out how to turn that structure over with the with itself like you have to work within that structure to turn it and change it right yeah and i think i think so like how do you do that like if you're singing about revolution and yet like the same (laughs) oh wait that's cool we can chill um actually i'm gonna pee really fast yeah yeah. because this is like some of the meaty stuff so yeah all right so say what you were gonna say again yeah yeah um, so I was going to say why I ask about the Trustafarian thing is because I think it's a way that your message could be undermined. Yeah. Where people point at it and say, okay, you sing about revolution and shit, but these guys like seem to be like a fan of yours and are just not like about it. And sure. that's, you can't help that. But part of what that outlines is a problem with revolution in general, which mm-hmm. is that like you have to use the tools that are at your disposal and those tools are a part of the system. And so like, for example, I don't know, I guess I would wonder how much you think like capitalism is a problem with this stuff and like, uh, what revolution means, I guess. So for me, I think, are you referencing, uh, in so far or I say the revolution starts and ends with me. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, that to me means, um, you know, that I'm not going to contribute to any sort of anything grander than myself unless I have my shit together. Mm-hmm. So that line to me, A, is just uh, just a reminder to keep it, keep it 100 with myself. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I can't be leading anyone if I can't kind of point to my life. Dude, and I have so many personality flaws, mm. you know. Um but that's more of a thing, like, I think, here's the thing, man. There's a lot of things that have been confused as political ideas mm. or revolutionary that are fucking wild to me. Mm. Um, I don't think uh, living in the most developed country in the world and letting everyone have health care, I don't think that's a political thing. Um mm. When we can give Israel almost $11 million a day, but we can't provide health care for people in this country, that's not a political issue to me. It's a common sense one. 
Um, the idea that we should make secondary education free and that people that want to go get smarter, therefore, and serve our country better because they'll have better brains, that doesn't seem like a revolutionary idea to me. It seems like a sound investment. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think revolution is going to mean a different thing depending on who you talk to. I do everything I can to not be tied to groups mm. for the reason that you're pointing out is the minute you give yourself a group identity, mm-hmm. someone in that group can go rogue and now you're tied to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I fucking hate, man. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's wise <laughs> to identify yourself as any group. Mm. Whereas if you had a bunch of self-sufficient, maintained, educated people out there, these revolutionary ideas would just occur. They mm. would just happen. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny thing, right? You know, like the more, the less messy people we have out there, the more like messy-minded people. Mm. You know, I mean, fucking the the fact that we're underfunding education is something that just baffles me. Like, mm. you want dumb people? Mm-hmm. You want fucking dumb people? That's what you want. Yeah, that's that that's what you want to invest in in your country. There that's you where do. we're going to pull funds away from. Well, so what is revolution? That's why I want to know what it looks like to you. Like, I, I get your shit about like doing personal work. Yep, yep, like, yep. That's cool. I appreciate that. But like, because to me, right now we're on a death ship, like headed over a sure. fucking cliff. Especially right? if you're talking uh, like environmentally. That's all I can think about most yep. of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so like, it's daunting because it's fucked. Yeah, truly. Um, so from that standpoint, like. We're talking life or death here, basically. And revolution means like a total fucking overhaul, overhaul. of yep. everything. Sure. So I think when that you it, use that word, yeah, it's bringing up a problem, like sure. a rather large issue. Yep. And it means more than s- just singing songs about it. Absolutely. So I'm, I just want to know, like, what is it like when you sing about that? What is your hope? Like, it, and I guess... That's great, actually, like, to just bring up that thing about people healing themselves and using mm-hmm. it that way. But, like, it's also a political term. It's a right, societal right. term. So it, it automatically goes out beyond the in- individual. Sure. Right? So you can't, you can't have it both sure, ways, sure. I guess, or something? Yeah, I guess. So there's, there's oh, man, there's so much stuff. Environmentally, um... I guess I look at like the gr- something like the Green New Deal, mm. and I'm like, okay, let's not just say outrageous things uh, <laughs> to poke a bear. We can't just stop using jets tomorrow. Mm. What we could do is take some of the money that we're spending on things like military or the president's golf trips, mm. and we could start investing in science to completely move away from single-use plastics. We could start investing in, um, you know, hemp to replace plastic. Um, we could start, uh, put together some sort of plan to move away from fossil fuel run cars. You can't just tell people, hey, we're fucking done with cars. It's like, oh, okay. Good luck with the goods and services thing, you know? Um, so I, 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 you know, as far as revolution goes, I think, I think we need to be realistic about it, and I think the more unrealistic people are about it, the more the word and ideas tied to it are going to get shit on. Mm. So, like, I do genuinely believe, okay, as, like, revolution, as far as, like, what a revolution looks like to me, like, what a complete overhaul would look like in my utopian society, uh, hemp begins to replace plastic tomorrow. Mm. We're fucking done with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
huge, huge amount of spending defunding of um, we can't just say, OK, we're done with the military industrial complex. It'd be something you have to wean off. There's millions and millions of people that aren't, you know, pro war that have jobs at fucking places that make things for war. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We're not just building tanks. It's like all sorts of people's jobs. So gerbs. Yes. So uh, repurposing funds to clean the fucking oceans and start cleaning up the mess that plastic has created and moving away from plastic. I think that's fucking step one as far as environmentalism is concerned. Have to clean up the ocean. Have to quit using fucking plastic. All right. What about industrial fucking atmospheric issues? Um, strict regulations. Like in L.A., I don't want to fuck up any statistics here. But in L.A., they just changed some regulations and the air quality went up something like 23% in like six months. Hmm. That's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think the thing is when you go to someone that's a billionaire and you say, hey, you own all these refineries or whatever the fuck, we're going to shut them down unless you start meeting these requirements. Mm. They're quite quick to go, well, fuck, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think there has to be a gradual, you know, they're saying that we have, you know, something like 22 years or something like that. Then let's start fucking making that plan. Mm, we don't have that much time. You don't think so? No, it's like. I think we're out of time, but yeah. <laughs> so but, I guess that's part of my issue with some of this stuff too. It's like a little too rosy for me. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, okay, let's sing and like feel this groove and it's great. And I fucking love grooves and I love singing and I love like all kinds mm-hmm. of music. So I don't mean to shit on it that way, but like it just is this problem of we don't really have time to be hopeful or positive or like, time to like think about your yoga routine like Mm -hmm. we almost literally need people to go and like tie themselves to oil pipelines so that they can close the valves and like rob oil companies millions of dollars like that's more way more effective than like people won't do that no they won't yep and i understand that and i don't necessarily advocate for that but at this point we literally need, like, some hands-on stuff. We don't need, like, world leaders meeting in Paris to jack each sure. other off yep. and feel good about how green they are. I agree. Or, like, the plastic stuff, it's like, okay, that's cute. Like, let's get rid of plastics. But still, we have, like, the oceans acidifying and, like, possibly dead in 30 years or something. Yep. So, like, what about that? Like... I guess that's... I'm just fucking mad about this stuff. Sure, sure, and so sure. so when somebody's, like, not talking about it, somehow I get a little, like... I think you have... Especially if you're claiming to be revolutionary. That's sure, sure, thing. sure. Like, you kind of take yourself or open yourself up to that when yep. you start using words like that. Dude, I think, I think the one thing is you have to look at, like, alternatives, right? Mm. So if everyone tomorrow is just like, okay, cool, fuck these jobs, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Everyone's walking out of work. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing this. It's like, okay, I have kids. Mm. My baby doesn't know one way or mm-hmm. the other, man. Mm-hmm. That baby's got to eat food. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I think from the, from the climate science that I've seen, I think there is time. Not much. But I do believe that if in the next generation we start to hash some shit out, I think at the very least we're going to elongate our time here on this planet, right? Mm. I think you have to have r- realistic expectations of people, and I think it's easy. Not easy. I don't want to say easy. It's not easy. Um, the ideas of revolution and, like, radical activism and stuff like that seem more tangible 
when you're not attached to anybody or anything, right? Mm. Like when you don't have a wife and kids and yes. stuff like that, you know. I used to be full on into the like martyr, you know, Fred Hampton is probably the greatest uh inspiring figure of my life. Mm. Um he's the head of the Chicago Black Panthers. He socialized the entire yeah, south yeah. side of Chicago. <laughs> and was assassinated at 22. I mean, at 19, he was the political figurehead of a socialist movement in the south side of Chicago, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah, He's a yeah. fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. And a G. Um, <laughs> but I think you have to realize that most people aren't that. Mm. And most people, the, here's the heartbreaking part. Most people, good people, dude, good-hearted people, are going to keep buying cases of bottled water from Costco. <laughs> They're going to keep throwing them in the fucking trash. Mm-hmm. Um... They're going to keep but driving trucks. Issue, like, the issue is a bigger one. Like, it's the whole thing. Right. Right? It's like, like I don't give a fuck about recycling anymore. Like, yeah. I used to care about recycling, but I'm like, I, th- it doesn't matter. Like, the oceans are going to die, like, fill them with plastic. I think that's the, that again, dude, that's that, that defeatist mentality is like, that's not a good one. It's man. not defeatist. It's real, realistic. Like, I, I really think you need to do some research about climate stuff because mm-hmm. we don't have a generation. We have, and we don't have 20 years. We have like five years yep. until we start kicking stuff into gear that is out of our control. So, what do you suggest that? I don't know. I I just want to talk about how actually fucked we are and and then go from there. But right now, I don't see anybody talking about this. They're punting it into the future, doing basically what our parents did about how oh our kids will figure it out. Yeah. Or like by then we'll have it figured out. Dude, I think I think there's a I think there is a I think with a president like Trump, we ain't getting shit done in five years. No hell no. Yeah. Well, I, so you see I, where I'm coming from. Right. 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 We, I, d- I don't, I don't want to keep punting it into the future. Yeah. But I genuinely believe when we move into a, uh, a more sensible leadership, like for instance, if like a Bernie Sanders were elected, right? Mm-hmm. And we began to repurpose funds like, yo, you got to figure this shit out, this shit out, this shit mm-hmm. out, this shit out now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be done, man. I, I am, I just am hopeful. And, well, it, and, it, and if that's fucking worthless and stupid, then it's worthless and stupid. Sure. But I think that there are... Uh, imagine this, okay? Imagine that every single American tomorrow... Like, they ban plastic bags everywhere. Mm. Um, they, we completely phased out single-use plastics, mm. right? Um, and we instituted a plan that stopped making gas-filled cars, and then it became gas stations must-have. Like the Tesla chargers, whatever, and mm. they made a fucking affordable renewable energy car. Like these are things that, like, even if it's fucking extending it another generation, it's like you can't say like incremental progress is not something to be scoffed at, man. You know, and it's like I think it is. <laughs> well, then what's the alternative? I don't know, yeah. and I, I, but I don't think I need to have one in order to ask a real question. I think it's enough to ask it and be like, here's the problem. Well, I, think I don't the, know what to do about when this you're problem. talking about you know to loop in like the Trustafarian thing mm. though. I don't think people know what activism is really, or even how to attack it because you look at like a situation like Standing Rock, mm. where you had Trustafarians from all over the country fucking mm-hmm. come out to the res, man. I saw. And they left yeah. tents and trash and blankets and fucking garbage all over. We left early because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, 
You know, so it's like even the activists don't know how to be activists. Mm. What it takes, man, is fucking scientists and actual smart people. Mm. And um, you know, as as far as like the 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 revolution thing, man, I I'm not qualified to say on what on what we should do. Um, but I know that incremental progress every day. I think step one is <laughs> electing uh Officials that are going to fucking appropriate funds like our planet depends on mm. it. I believe there are certain candidates that will. Um, and I mean, I guess if we're, if we're fucked, we're fucked. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> people aren't going to, like, can't tell people that they shouldn't have fun anymore. They shouldn't smile and dance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not into that. Yeah. Not at all. Um, but I think as far as, like, you know, I just don't think it's, uh, I think the the thing that's most daunting about it is that I don't think the average person, you know, I mean, dude, there's literally human beings on the planet that don't believe that these are problems, like that this is a made up thing. I get more frustrated when I talk to liberals and even like, even you, right? Like you, you are like pretty radical, but I don't think you've done the research to see how fucked we are. So I mean, I, I watch, feel really crazy sometimes where I'm like, no, 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 nobody no, no. else is thinking about no, how I remember, fucking serious this is. No, I, I, I completely like uh, I, I, I have watched, um, you know, documentaries as, as far as like the red line theory. Right. Yeah. Like we go past this. We could be proper yeah. fucked. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe we cross it. Probably do. Yeah. Um, probably. I, do. Probably. Yeah, yeah. There's a great book called Earth. Mm-hmm. E-A-A-R-T-H by Bill McKibben, who's pretty dope um, environmental journalist. But he just writes, it's like a, a eulogy, basically, about, with based on the projections at the time. It came out a few years ago, so it'll probably be outdated, and it'll probably be much worse <laughs> if you projected out what we see now. Um, but he changed the name of Earth to and added an A to it to emphasize that it's a totally different planet. Um, so thinking along those lines, like, that's the kind of stuff. And I don't know, right? Like, and I don't mean to be fucking negative. Like, I'm not about no smiles, no jokes. I'm just about, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be talking about Teslas and, like, making more fucking bullshit in order to produce us out of a problem that got us here based on, like, industrial production and, like, mechanisms and capitalism that think that we can rape the nature and to extract everything from it and extract everything from ourselves through work and all this stuff. Um, oh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't like to be the dark guy, but it's just, like, yeah. there's some real-ass shit going on here. Like, and we've done it in the last couple hundred years or mm. 30 years 30 years yeah yeah 30 fucking say. years here's the thing though that i that i believe though so here's something that i point to a lot actually 10,000 years Dude, arguably whether it's whether it's social <laughs> environmental or whatever um like i remember growing up right and being at parties and people being like oh that's gay oh <laughs> you know like there were things that used to be acceptable that yeah. if you said now someone would be like the fuck did you just say yeah yeah and I think, like, I remember, like, when we first got recycling bins when I was, like, in middle school. I remember mm. being like, oh, it's good for the planet, whatever, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. As it gets more real, like, there are scientists that feel the way that you do. Mm-hmm. There are people that actually have the capabilities 
to change the fucking world mm. that feel the way you do. I'm not saying we throw our hands up in the air and like hopefully these smart people figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I mean like there's departments at NASA, you know, that are just like that are working on this sort of shit, man. And I think like they're preparing, I think. Perhaps it's not it's not really preventative or anything. Um <laughs> but I, I I I just I think that we obviously can't keep going the way that we are, but I feel like step one is, I mean, the fact of the matter is the way that our oligarchy is set up is that things are not going to get done with the current administration that's uh, that's in control now. So step one is get them out, period. It's not that different a structure if you just get somebody else in there. It is if you have someone that has these crazy radical ideas like that we should, uh, you know, appropriate, you know, a billion dollars to fixing a problem that's very real sure here's the thing dude you can't say but because billionaires you don't are still in control like no matter who the administration is billions are still in control of congress and like um, what about that problem like you talk about trying to control a billionaire like telling him he's going to stop producing things he's like right. okay mr congressman you're fired like i will yep, have you yep, replaced yep, yep. next year or i'll fucking kill you I'll get you killed right. right yeah um again man i'm not uh I'm not going to pretend to be uh, equipped to have the answers for the world. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not. Right. Um, I know that if billionaires were paying taxes, like I just paid <laughs> 23% this year, mm-hmm. um, we'd have a lot of money to play with. Mm. And I think this constant shrugging off of, you know, where well, there's not money for that. And, okay, we're going to cut money to Social Security so we can afford this. And, like, all these crazy things. Like, this is bullshit, dude. Yeah. If the fucking 1% paid taxes, we'd have plenty. Of, we could solve climate change in the next five years. No fucking problem. Hmm. Okay? So, like, that's what I mean. I think, like, if a Bernie Sanders or someone like that. That's arguable, too. It is. But, but yeah, I'm saying I think our best shot, hmm. our best shot is putting someone that believes that the 1% should be paying their taxes and is that that is, like, a number one part of their campaign. Bernie Sanders is the only person that I've heard talk about this. Hmm. Like... Not being like, well, if you make more than a million dollars, you're going to have to pay this tax mm-hmm. rate. Because there's, I have friends that have fucking successful businesses that mm-hmm. work their asses off mm-hmm. to have that make right around a million dollars a year. And you're like, okay, cool. So you're going to take half their fucking money. They've mm-hmm. worked their whole lives to be there. Mm-hmm. How about Jeff Bezos just pays some fucking taxes? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, I do think that our best course of action is electing someone whose campaign is running on the idea that Everybody is paying their fucking taxes. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to take this giant pool of money that will fucking undoubtedly be there. Yeah. And we're going to use that to try to fix the planet. Even if that means we're not going to be here forever, but we got 700 years and we're going to figure out like, and during that 700 years, we're going to figure out how to live Mad Max style. Mm. You know, we're going to fit like, that's the thing, man. Hey, we don't know mm-hmm. where technology is going. You just don't, dude. If you would have fucking told me in middle school, if you would have tried to, like, no, fuck that. If you would have told me when I was a fucking junior in high school, mm-hmm. would you would have tried to explain this fucking iPhone 8 to me? Yeah, yeah. I would have laughed in your face. Right. I would have laughed in your face. Could you go back 15 years and explain Instagram to somebody? Right. Explain Google to them. Like, I remember when Ask Jeeves came out, right? <laughs> you remember that shit? <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. so we don't even fucking know. We don't. Uh, we don't know. That's some techno- technocratic bullshit. Technocracy. Yeah, dude. I'm not into that. We can't. Dude. We can't engineer our way out of this. We engineered our way into this. This is the our, where our best thinking got us. That's speaking of addiction, right? That's an AA line. Yeah. Our best thinking got us here, right? And now we're seeing like fucking rock bottom. 
I I'm gonna respectfully disagree, dude, because I think yeah. that previously the motivation for technology was profit. And I think that you don't there's think it's profit. No, I do now for sure. Like, I mean, people are making iPhones for the good of humanity. Clearly. I do think though that there are people, um, like I, I do, I think Elon Musk is a fucking great example of it mm. where he's just sitting there like, okay, I couldn't spend all my money if I tried. Mm. I'm rich as fuck. I'm going to figure out a way to do this. I'm going to figure out this. Like, yeah, I think if, again, having the pool of money is step one, mm. right? Like, Colorado had a huge, huge, especially in inner city Denver, had a huge, huge fucking disproportionate problem with inner city schools closing. Mm. They legalized cannabis, and the legislature that went forward was we're going to give the money to free rehab programs and education. Mm. They fucking did not. They spent X amount of dollars and ended up with X amount of dollars. Like, we can't spend anymore. We don't. Mm. We, what are we going to fucking build? Four football fields for one school? We don't know what to do with this money. Yeah, yeah. There's a... I believe they made a documentary, too, but there's a book called We're Not Broke that I think you should read. Mm. It essentially creates a utopian society. Mm. Climate change is tackled. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every every issue that we would see in modern America and the world and, and the world at large, but especially specifically America, mm -hmm. it kind of paints this picture of a utopian society of what would happen if we pulled out of foreign occupation in foreign countries. Yeah, yeah. Everybody paid their taxes. Everybody paid their taxes mm -hmm. and what we could do with just those two things. It just won't happen, man. Part of the problem is, right, like, I, I'm often of the mind, I think it was George Carlin or somebody that said, if voting changed anything, it'd be illegal. Right. Right? So that's a thing, like, it's just built into this stuff. Like, you could say, sure, like, we could switch these large structures to do these things and make these big changes. But there's a question about why we haven't already. Like we Here's, had, I, I have the answer for this yeah. one, dude. Okay, the fucking listen, dude. This shit's important, and I fucking say it with the meanest look on my face, and it's not directed towards you. Yeah, the fucking Donald Trumps, the Mitch McConnells, the fucking even the fucking that just like inherent, like even like a young example is like a Paul Ryan. Yeah, those motherfuckers are on the way out, dude. Like. They're fucking, they're on their way out, dude. They're dying. And it's going to be a <laughs> glorious, glorious time. Hang on. I'm not happy for Democrats to, or anything. No, 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 like no. I'm not, I'm not even, either, I'm not even though. saying Democrats. Like, dude, yeah. the, the Hillary Clintons and even, even the Obamas, the ball players of the world, mm. fuck them too. Mm -hmm. I just mean, there is, I feel like the worst amongst us as far as our government is concerned, they're dying. And less mm. and less people are playing the fucking game, dude. Oh, like, man. Here's the thing. I don't know. I, I do, dude. <laughs> Look at this last election. Yeah. I don't agree with everything AOC says, but that is the fucking new face of American politics, dude. It just is. Who's that? Alexandria Ortez. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I could fucking forget her middle one. Her last mm -hmm. name's Cortez, mm -hmm. and her first name's Alexandria, mm -hmm. and the middle name has an O in it. Mm -hmm. um, or her, Ortega? Ortega, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, her, um, fuck, there was like six other... that. Uh, Wong guy. Yep. Wang? So, so I think yeah. Andrew. Andrew Wang. Yeah. Um. But there's a, the, the new face of politics isn't the. I feel like where the when the most damage was done. Uh. So uh. Environmentally was during the era of. Jimmy Carter, to George Bush, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was this era where literally the American fuck that we'll go back, Nixon. Um, even before that, mm -hmm. in in the fifties, right there was because mm -hmm. there was this idea yeah, of yeah. jobs was all that mattered, right? right? Gerbs and and the whole idea was like, hey, 
fuck this other guy. I'm the guy you want for the job. Mm-hmm. I went to this college. Mm-hmm. I'm a good looking white guy. We can't go wrong here. <laughs> like that was the face of American politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's starting to change. Did you just see this video of AOC going off in Congress? Like, this is not, I'm not fucking giving you a hypothetical emergency that's like only affecting poor people. Like, millions of acres are fucking flooding everywhere. People are dying. People are losing farms. Like, this whole climate change shit that we're talking about that's like, oh, off in the distant future? It's not. It's fucking here, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. cities underwater. It's good. She said that? Yeah. I'll send you the clip, dude. Yeah. She goes fucking off. Huh. Um, that's the face of American politics. Yeah, yeah. Shit that never would have ever even been said right. on the fucking floor of the house right. is like commonplace. Huh. So I do have hope, dude. Yeah. I actually do. Because I think, again... What about when, like, say she gets elected, she can do whatever she wants, right? Yep. Or or not, more likely. She gets taken in the back room, it's like, all right, Ms. Cortez. Less people are going to do that, though. Like, Bernie Sanders, I think that if even if he doesn't get elected, that's what's important about Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm is you can trace every fucking campaign dollar from him. You know what the average campaign donation for his campaign was? Why well, $27. I did it one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so, was way into his campaign. So was I. Yeah. Uh met the dude. Oh yeah, you play you yeah. opened for him. Yeah, he's the real fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so I, th- I I I I do have hope. And that's why because I think the face of American politics is we're done fucking around. Like these aren't hypothetical problems, dude. Like Nebraska's under fucking water right now. Yeah. The price of beef is about to fucking skyrocket mm. because all these cattle farms are shut down. Oh. You want to piss off white America? Hell yes. Fuck with their beef prices. Nice. Okay. I like that. So like, <laughs> these problems are starting to show themselves in a way that like, hey man, this isn't some crazy hippie bullshit we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is fucking happening, dude. Mm-hmm. It is. Like all over America, like dude, Tahoe got nine feet of snow in three days. Cause that's fucking oh normal. God. Nine feet. Okay, so like, that's what I mean. Nine like, feet of global warming, right there. Exactly. <laughs> right. And dude, and that's the funniest thing ever. I, there was a, this NASA scientist, Trump, had tweeted like, "Oh, it was because so we played in St. Louis, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was fucking negative fifty, and then the next week it was sixty. And it was like, yeah, yeah. It, it was crazy. We had some like, turns like that here. Yeah. Too. So he's like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And the guy's like, actually, the polar ice caps have split and they've right. like completely changed weather patterns. So that's why this happened in right. your dumb fuck. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, the reason I have hope is because I do believe that the things that you and I are talking about right now are becoming more and more commonplace. Hmm. And the giant chunk of the voting populace isn't going to settle for fucking moderate politics anymore. Hmm. Man. They're going to be like, Oh, cool. Is your campaign not built on fixing the fucking planet? Cool. Mm. Then we ain't then you're not involved anymore. Yeah, We're yeah. not listening to you. Right. Like the reason AOC was just put on the cover of Time magazine is because she's coming in guns blazing. Mm. Like I don't agree with everything she says, but as far as the uh, environmental shit, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Where I think she went wrong with this Green New Deal is being like, within five years we're done using airplanes. It's like, okay, well that sounds cool. But like you have to understand the amount of commerce that's done via airplane and mm-hmm. semis. So mm-hmm. you can't just point out the fucking problem and say, okay, well, we're done using oil. It's like, okay, well, we have to find a logical way to work backwards from that. Yeah, yeah. And if we have five fucking years, then we better get at it. Right. And I, I just, I do, man. I do. I, I have hope. So hold on a sec. How much time do you have? I have another hour. Sick. Okay. Because I want to get into more shit. Okay. I've got some heavier stuff, I think. Do you want to take a break? Nope. Okay. Um, where my water is really fast. You ready, motherfucker? Yep. I'll let you wrap that. All right. Um. So here's my question. Even if we maintain this shit, mm-hmm. and even if we 
change stuff. How much do we want to? How much do we want this to keep going? Like, if all it means is like Elon Musk is president and everybody gets an electric car and that solves everything and everybody has like the uh, p- panels on panels on their roof to get solar and mm-hmm. like that solves everything. Say it did. Yep. Everybody still has fucking shitty jobs and stuff that they have to go to and like work shitty jobs. I don't have a problem with work, mm-hmm. but I have a problem with dumb work. Mm-hmm. I got in a big fight one time with a friend because they wanted to use not a big fight, but it was a it was a thing. They wanted to use it was actually Sydney. It was my ex wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she wanted to use uh like the manual like we were at Target and she's like let's go see a cashier because that we don't we don't want the robot like self checkout things taking the jobs. Yep. And I was like, I don't want that person to have that job. Like, let the fucking robot have that job. Like, that's his job where they have to stand there and deal with people who won't look them in the eye for like eight hours a day, standing on concrete or plus, right? So like, that isn't an improvement to me necessarily. Even like, and part of what is fascinating is that, and what I like about being radical about this. Is it it becomes an opportunity to like actually re fucking think things, like with all due respect, right? You're still worried about like buying a house and like getting a retirement fund and setting up, mm-hmm. you know? And like I think that's a good thing inside the rules of this system, but I think it's part of it is what makes it fucked up. It's like part of this whole game about how we have to like worry about getting ours and scrapping and I don't know. Does that make sense? Yep, I have a few things. Yeah. Uh, first off, if you were to go back pre-civilization, early humans, that's this shit. I right? want to talk to you okay. about it a little bit. So what 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 would be your number one goal? My number one goal is for humans to have full no, auto- no, 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 no. With no, what? no, no. If it, pre-civilization, you yeah. as a human being, what yeah. would be your goal of existence every day? Find it something to eat. Survive. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you extrapolate that to where we're at now. Mm-hmm. And then you have a couple kids. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, A, I think that's in our DNA, is to, to build and protect and preserve. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Right. Um... Two, I don't believe necessarily in stupid jobs. I actually just had a really cool conversation with a close friend of mine about this. I've had what I would consider stupid jobs. Um, Mm. Not everything is a stupid job to somebody. Um, If you are a recovering meth addict that was estranged from your children and you getting that job at Target means you now get to live a life with your children where you get to see them every night, Mm. you get to spend time with them three days out of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a fucking stupid job anymore now, is it? Okay. So I think um, that's an important thing to note is that Mm. the human experience is different. Now, for you, working at Target, your brain wouldn't allow for such a thing because that's just not where your head's at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's real easy. I've always had that thing. You know, my, my, my earliest memories of childhood thinking about adulthood or yeah. seeing men in suits and going, I will never be that man. Mm. Um, so I think for some people, the idea of getting a safe job at an office and just being like, Hey man, I don't need extraordinary experience. I don't need an extra special life. Like mm. 
uh, you know, I'm married to this woman that I love, or maybe not. Um, probably, and, pro- you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to pass judgment on anyone's story, but like not everyone requires what you and I might require. Okay. I recognize pretty firmly that, uh, I'm not that far away from a chimp. Okay. That's why I still actively a multiple. A bonobo t- actually. Yes. Uh, equally. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I still do things to feed that. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I run real fast in the woods. I fight other grown yeah, men. I yeah. fucking love it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you fuck and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think I have irregularly high testosterone, dude. Sure. It's, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, so I think like, I think it's important to recognize that man. Like the a these jobs aren't stupid. It's like if they're fucking harming the planet, like yes, and and they could be corrected. But I mean, like, so you brought up a like a meth addict. Like, right. Is that the level of not not to be judgmental about meth addicts, but they're gonna be pretty damaged and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really the standard that we want to have? No, no. I just I just mean there's <laughs> even people that are who have maybe maybe aren't meth addicts or haven't had a crazy story that like yeah yeah yeah. But those people are statistically pretty likely to be on Prozac and like. I have all kinds of other shit going on. So, like, there's a thing that I br- I always think about where if you ask somebody if they're happy, I think they kind of have to say yes. Because if they can't even pretend to say yes, like, something's really wrong. Yep. So, here's a thing that, here's a, here's a hard thing that I think there's a whole section of your brain yeah. that hasn't lit up before. When you're talking about Providing for a family, your needs cease to matter. Mm. However, that might sound to you as a as a single man that like uh, likes to read books and is an extreme thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, if eating shit sandwiches all day was what was going to take care of my kids, serve them motherfuckers up. Mm. They ain't even got to be warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and and uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, you know, people, people often in life find themselves in positions where they're not necessarily doing what they want to do. They're doing what they have to do. And then really our society won't work if everyone just does what they want to do. Cause what everyone would want to do, what uh, the vast majority of humans would want to do is not do shit and get shelter and food and things like that provided. So where I think you and I disagree, I don't think capitalism is all bad. I think there has to be a hint of it. Mm. I think we could distribute wealth a tad bit better. I don't think it's good that, you know, uh, a guy sitting atop a pyramid is fucking has $11.7 billion and he's paying his workers, uh, you know, $11 an hour when he could pay them all $25 an hour and he'd still be a, and pay his taxes Mm -hmm. and he'd still be a fucking billionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't, I, I think you're kind of inserting, you're, and I do this all of the time, too, oh, yeah. inserting your perspective into the average person. Like, for some per- people, man, just having a job and shelter is like, man, that's like, I'm making it. You know what I mean? And I think when you grow up in uh, in a world where that's not guaranteed to everyone and you see it all the time, mm. you're doing okay. Word. It still is like... And some people do just are like, I, you know... There's a guy, I every time I go to natural grocers, there's this dude that stocks yeah, the yeah. freezers. And I see him every time I'm yeah, there. Yeah. Fucking stoked. Yeah, yeah. Love, I mean, I fucking love that. Yep. And I don't like to tell people they're not happy if they're not happy, but it does seem like our country is not very fucking happy, and yet everybody's worried about being happy, and everybody thinks, like, if you talk to the people who have it made or whatever, they think they're happy. 
be. But if you really look, they have like pill addictions or alcoholism. Yeah, I know people that have or, a lot of money that aren't very happy. Eating disorders. And so I don't know. I I, I think it still applies for like normies too. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. People who aren't like freaks like me. I don't think it can all be pointed to the job, though, man. Like, I think I think you can find great value in the work that you're doing, no matter what the job is. No doubt, and um, I think that's great. I find a lot of value. I think cleaning I shit think I think a lot of the like mop around. if we're talking overall depression and sadness as a, as a people, I think there's a lot of things to point to, and I wouldn't point at work first. Uh, I would I would point at social media first. Um, I would point at. Um, you know, there, there's also this kind of uprising of, like, uh, an odd trend that I'm seeing is that there's, like, hierarchies based around uh, being offended and being a victim. Mm. Like, that's what I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Of, like, it's almost like people want to name off the different types of victimhood that they have mm. to gain some sort of favor or sure. rather to excuse their... Um, what may be an underlying health issue, right? Mm. Like... Mm. Well, I'm depressed because of this, 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 and this, and this. And it's like, well, maybe you're depressed because you haven't dug it in and learned how to fucking turn those things properly. Uh, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and I think that, um, I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Depression and mental health issues are at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I do, I, I even think, like, environmentalism plays into that, right? Because mm. there, there tends to be this thing where it's like, what the fuck are we even doing? Why mm. does it even matter if mm. it's all going to shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I step in? Mm-hmm. So part of where I'm coming from is this book, Sex at Dawn, and we're I'm at, we're actually recording the podcast for it tonight and later, so that'll be fun. Um, but the thing that he brings up that I think is really fucking cool because it illuminates a lot is that humans are an animal that evolved in a certain context <coughs> for, depending on who you ask, 100 to 300,000 years. You can trace us back being identical biologically identical that far back. Yep. So we spent a hundred plus, two hundred, three hundred thousand years just about in like basically mostly in Africa, probably in like the grasslands and sure. stuff. Um and during all that time we didn't have substantial property. We because there wasn't agriculture. Agriculture only happened about ten thousand years ago. Yep, and that was the point where we could start storing capital in a meaningful way because otherwise we just followed it around, carving out sections of the earth and saying this is ours. Yes. Yep. Right. Right. So before that, we didn't have that, and so part of what makes me sad, right? Even when you talk about the kids thing, that's something I think about a lot, right? And I have a lot of friends that are family men and stuff, and it. What makes me really sad is that kids nowadays become more of an like a something, uh, like a ball and chain. Mm-hmm. Instead of like a source of joy, it's like a big expense. Yeah, that's a wild thing. I've never once looked at my children that way. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, they're fucking but expensive. But it, it plays into the thing when you say, hey, I have a family to take care of. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that becomes a material change in your income needs, basically. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a definitely. A big one. Yep. And so, like, there are real d- differences that happen materially when like kids get involved and biologically in your brain man mm. yeah when yeah you, you hold you hold your baby and you go oh okay word i'll so, eat another human being alive for you yeah you know? yeah yeah and i'm not here to like be a 
a breeder hater or anything like that. Yeah. But it's like tied up with problems, right? Like, how do you fucking keep people poor? It's like you take away birth control options. Absolutely, and then man. You, I'm like, with you on that. I grew up in that. You, so yeah. you know what I'm fucking yep. saying? Yep. I think it extends further than low classes, though. I think it, it, that dynamic extends up in the middle and upper classes, mm-hmm. too. Um, you also have to. Here's the here's the thing though, man. Um, uh, that I guess why I point to self work all of the time is yeah. so. A, instead of giving an an, an an absurd example, we're going to use my life. Okay, I love it. Sans selling drugs. Okay, moving to Montana, I didn't sell drugs once I moved here. I had a series of minimum wage jobs. Okay. I was always writing music, and it was always kind of a thing that I was into. And then I really started giving her a go, okay? And I was working at a ski hill in the winter and an outdoor shop in the summer and spring. And what I began doing is slowly going, okay, well, I get two weeks paid vacation every year or 40 hours of paid vacation that I can stretch into two weeks. Mm. I'm going to go tour during those times and mm-hmm. play for no one and make no money doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I began incrementally progressing towards this greater goal, which is where I find myself now. And if you're asking me honestly, I haven't even fucking started yet. Mm. Um, so that happened because of, A, I started recognizing things that were problems in my life, right? My relationship to alcohol was a problem. Mm-hmm. Got to go. Yep, yep. Um, and then slowly but surely began chipping away personality flaws, things that were holding me back from being successful, fucking people that were holding me back mm. from being my best self. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you can pursue something with passion and not be a capitalist prick about it, mm. right? Um, so I think, A, there's always going to be the people that Go to high school, get out of high school, go to college, meet the woman they're going to marry in college, have a baby with her right after, and Boom. the first job they get, they're like, okay, well, fuck, we have a baby, we need a house, and you need a car, so here's this thing, and now there's this debt, and now I have this job forever so we don't end up homeless, okay? That's always going to happen. But it's not my responsibility or your responsibility to say what happiness is or how to fix that because that's their shit. And what if it's part of a cultural brainwashing or something? I think, but us, here's the thing, though, man. You figure, yeah, I fucking figured it out, okay. And I know a lot of people oh, that I did. Figured it out. I know a lot of people <laughs> that fucking did, yeah. dude. Okay. So, but you you are saying then that there's a turn, like there's something to figure out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but so you you're trying to be not judgmental, but you are you you're, you you want to say there's a better way. For me, there was a better way. Ah, I think you you're more. You're more like me. You like to people to think how you think because you think a little bit, yeah. Because you think so. It's here's better, the thing, right? But here's the thing. Here's the here. Okay, uh, combat sports, jujitsu, you know, submission grappling drastically changed my life. I have no fucking clue where I'd be without it, and I've only been at it two years. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked for me. Okay, it turned on this thing in my brain mm. that made me better at business. It made me better mm. like all of these things. Mm. That's not going to be the way for everyone because most people are pretty sensible and don't want to fucking destroy their bodies in the name of learning that mm-hmm. um i think there is like th- there's always going to be these personality types that's why i think like uh personality tests are important because they, they'll teach you a lot about yourself if you take good ones not like the facebook tw- you know yeah um because there's these personality traits right and you might be really high in one thing and low in another mm-hmm. and you know that's going to translate into something like the more you can learn about yourself the better because what it does is you can go through that shit with a highlighter mm. And start figuring out, 
like where you're fucky and where you're not fucky, where mm-hmm. you could be stronger, where you're not stronger. Mm-hmm. So that's going to lead to happiness, man. And, and, and if you do find yourself like, man, some of the guys I fucking train with, like they have normal jobs, they have kids, their jobs aren't fucking extraordinary. Mm. You know, they have kids, but they found what makes them happy. What makes them happy is competing in submission grappling tournaments. So if they could, would they do that all the time? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I know that like, if the best you can do is be like, okay, well, I have to work this job, but I'm friends with the people that I work with. Yeah. Right. So during the day, like, yes, it's a job, but I'm spending time with people sure. that I care. Like, right. When we worked at Off the Leaf. Fuck yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're making minimum wage. That's good work as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. If you're hanging okay. with your friends. Exactly. Yeah. So I think most people are capable of doing that. Right. Um, it really isn't that bad. You know, I think where people get fucked up, man, is that they become middle-aged and you ask them like, so what do you do? And they can only tell you the what they do for a living. Mm. They don't have a thing like, right? Oh, well, I do. I'm really into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, I box on Wednesdays. Um, I'm really into CrossFit. I, I, I go long distance running. Me and my wife are really into riding bikes together. I like to fly fish. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have anything outside of their box. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is relationship shit, man. Mm. You have to let your partner have a thing outside of mm. your thing. Hell yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, and, and, and again, that goes back to the self is being able to adequately express that to your partner. Like, Mm. Hey man, I know this, like my wife, dude, she's like the epitome of a yogi. Mm. She's a fucking clinical counselor. Mm -hmm. Right. So I tell her baby for me to be, have the mental capacity to hold down this household, uh, you know, and, and make sense of the world around me. I have to go submission grapple once a week. And then I also need to spend a couple hours getting punched in the fucking face. Mm hmm. Okay. That doesn't make any sense to me, but if that's what you need, okay. I love you and I support right. you in that. Cool. So like, you know what I mean? So we've actually made our way into my one of my other favorite topics, which is relationships. I knew you were going to go here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, so I'm I'm quite curious about this too. So for me, yeah, yeah. I'm a serial monogamist. Word. I've never cheated on anyone ever. Mm. I firmly believe Rare. in um <laughs> I firmly believe in partnerships. Mm. Um I don't think again, I don't think they're for everyone. For me, I love my wife. Would never cheat on her. The idea of polyamory or anything like that is is just not something for me that I would ever implement. Mm. We have some friends uh, that are into it. Mm-hmm. And my wife recently had a conversation with one of those friends. I don't understand it. Um, and I think... You don't understand it at all? No, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I, my personality type, the idea of someone else sleeping with my wife, not into it. Why? Because that's my wife. Yeah, so? <laughs> um, I think there's something really... I, that's a real question. Yeah, yeah, and I have a real answer. For me, I think what makes a partnership special is, out of all of the people on the planet Earth, we could have anybody, mm. right? We could end up in any scenario ever. I choose you, you choose me, we're choosing each other. And mm. it's going to take a level of discipline, self-control, to honor that agreement that we have with one another and I'm willing to make those sacrifices and keep that amount of yeah. discipline uh, as a sign of my love and commitment to you. Right. That you're it for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's there's something special in that. Now, I also, like I said, dude, I have close friends of mine that are polyamorous. Mm. Um, and I've never really dug into it with them other than the idea of, you know, it seems to be a thing 
that I see common in relationships where there's long time sped apart from each other, right? Mm. Like a touring musician, yeah, for instance, yeah, of being yeah. like, okay, well, when I'm gone, you can do your thing, and when I'm gone, I'm going to do mine. Right. Um, and I think if that works for you, that's great. But yeah. I think there's, I'm a big fan of discipline and even like structured suffering. So, mm. um, not not that not cheating on my wife is suffering. I'm just saying like, um, the kind <laughs> I, I'm 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 quite into sacrifice and discipline sure. you know I, I find great value in it i think that's cool especially when it's on purpose yeah definitely i think on the purpose. problem with a lot of this stuff is that people just think this is how you do things and yep. you don't ask questions about it yep and then like me you end up in a situation that you didn't really mean to get in and you're, you signed a deal that you didn't really realize that you had made sure and you, you can't really make the deal um so I guess that's my interest in it is just like opening up the conversation around just that the idea that there's other shit to mm-hmm. think about. And like, you know, we're, part of what this book like talks a lot about is how a lot of our general assumptions about relationships seem to be tied up with like a whole uh, Hobbesian worldview about like how gnarly nature is and how like it's basically a scarcity mindset. Yep. And so people take that to their relationships and it becomes the norm. And it's even like romanticized in Disney movies and shit where people are protective of their partners. Don't let their partners have stuff outside of the partnership, um, get threatened by things, even friends, right? Jealousy is not limited to like sexual jealousy. Yep. People isolate, couples isolate, right? And, um, you see that they don't have as close of friends anymore. I was just talking to Jeff, who I mentioned earlier about, like, uh, there was a study I heard about on a podcast that said that 60% of people don't have a close friend that they feel like they could call that for anything. That freaks me out. And I think part of that is this isolation, like, boxing tendency to, like, couple up and then isolate. Yep. And you have to be conscious about dynamics about that. Like, I don't know if you've heard the term toxic monogamy, but it seems like... I haven't, but I could... I. I think That's I the get shit. the gist. Right, yeah. it's the stuff about, like, uh, now, you don't need to be interested in that. Like, there's nothing good about that. Instead of dude, being like, or relationships where, dude, okay, we're touching on some, some interesting things. Yeah, I know, yeah, it gets um, there. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want to blast anybody. Mm. Blast them. I'm going to say it like this. I have, in my life, grew up around relationships where I could tell two people had been together for a very long time. Mm. They were not passionate about wanting... Like, bro, you can't catch me next to my wife with my hand on her butt. Mm. We're going. We're coming up on nine years this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, you see these relationships that have played out um, where they're not necessarily passionate about one another. And, yeah. and again, I think it's kind of a byproduct Bickering of that perhaps cultural brainwashing that was just like and some dude it's even worse if they're not bickering all the time Mm. right where they're just like here we are and i think (laughs) what can happen is is this thing of like right well fuck we have this house we've accumulated this debt together and if we were to if we were to break up and do the whole divorce thing it would just be such a mess and then post that mess here i am at 45 and I have to learn how to date again and I don't want to do that and mm. fuck man I'm just going to ride it out. Yep. You know what I mean? I think fuck yeah. I think it's real easy for people to it's called the relationship escalator. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you just get that's on a good and term you don't have it. to you can just check out and ride the thing up. Yep. <laughs> and and that's a sad thing man cuz I think I do, you know, as far as relationships go with me, I think life's too short to have shitty ones. Mm. Me and my wife bang our heads together all the time, man. Mm. Um, 
but there isn't a day that ends that I'm not madly in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love the shit out of her, man. Um, you know, we put up with each other. <laughs> um, I'm not an easy one. You know, I'm yeah, not an yeah, easy yeah. character, dude. I go. You're pretty wild. Well, I just stayed in 11, man. By yeah. the when I open my eyes in the morning, it's fucking go time. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I, it's something I definitely see. And I, I definitely am not opposed to other people, um, really challenging any sort of belief system, mm. you know, but especially those kind of ones. Like, you know, I remember, um, similar to like the, the relationship that like the, you know, the fucking factory situation that we were talking about, right? You're in high school, you pick mm. your college, you go to college, you That's meet it. the girl, you yeah. get married and then, you know. I remember, like I said, at a very young age, just going, all I know is I don't want to get on that ride. Mm. And I don't care where it leads me. Right. I'm not getting on that fucking ride. Right. And if it means that I'm the fucking crazy dude with a throat tattoo that works at a fucking record store, but my life is unorthodox, mm. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not fucking getting on that ride. Right. Um, and I think I've kind of found a happy medium between the two. Where I, because of those beliefs, I ended up in a passionate relationship. Mm. Um, my kids are cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I'm still the same dude. I still listen to fucking gangster rap and punk rock. Mm-hmm. I just have kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a very unorthodox life. I travel right. half the year. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for people challenging any sort of anything that's on that, uh, that conveyor belt of normalness. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about people challenging. And... You know, I uh, Aubrey Marcus. You know who he is? Hell yeah. Okay. You know he's, he's a into big, this stuff. Yeah, he's a big proponent of polyamory, mm-hmm. and he was kind of the first person I ever heard describe it. Where I was like, again, not for me because I don't feel like my personality type. I want to dive more into that. Is okay. that like an ownership thing? Like, it, she'd be impure if she went and fucked somebody else, or where does that come from? Because <laughs> there's a common thing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think for me, uh, and it's something I deal with too, as like. Trying sure. to practice this shit Like my girlfriend's going to see Somebody over the weekend And like I'm a little bit in my head about it Yeah So it's I'm not outside of it Yeah I think it's human nature man it, In uh, some sense All the way bi- like biologically Yeah it's arguable Okay Seems all like right. a, pro- right. a product of a so, proprietary culture Okay For me <laughs> uh, For me It's not necessarily a thing of impurity I guess I guess like I said I'm, I'm really into the idea of uh, Of loyalty Like Bro, I got I got friends that I haven't seen in in years that if they someone hit me up and was like, "Yo, someone so's in jail," I put a hundred dollars on their books. Yeah, yeah. Um, loyalty is a big thing for me, um, and uh, I think I I just am really into the idea of I choose you. I could choose the whole world. You could choose the whole world. But we're choosing each other, and we know that that's going to take an active commitment and sacrifice. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to do that. Because I think it's worth it to be with you. Mm-hmm. And like, those are our terms, right? Mm-hmm. You're not fucking someone else. I'm not fucking someone yeah. else. I'm yours. You're mine. Right. So it's not even necessarily the purity thing as much as it is like a mutual agreement of like. So this gets to the proprietary thing, right? I'm yours. You're mine mm-hmm. type of language. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. For me. For me and my wife. I love that. Yeah. Because listen, man, when I leave my house. Like, the nature of my job, I'm pouring myself out to people mm. all of the time. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. I'm a fucking faucet of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so the idea of going home and just being like, boom, this is my safe place. I don't want to fuck anybody mm. else. I don't want to be around anybody else. You know who I actually am. You know what I actually think. You know how True. I actually feel. 
you're my cave. Yeah, yeah. Right? I choose you. And not fucking other people and things like that isn't an issue to me because this between us means more to me than anything else. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not... I'm literally just the idea of being with someone else just does, it just doesn't enter my head, man. It's just like drinking alcohol at mm. this point. It's mm. just not it's not on my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I entertain. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, that's that's that. But uh, you know, I think if you're in a relationship where you're not passionate about your partner and you're just like, I don't know, man, I fuck, I knocked her up in college and here right. we are. <laughs> you know, like that's not. probably not the same yeah. sort of monogamy that I'm into. Right, right. You yeah, you sounds like a pretty conscious one. Like, and that's I, it's a term ch- I'm too. choosing it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. Actively choosing it. Right. Um, yeah, I choose it every day, and I, 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 I'm definitely all about it. Right. And you got into it later when you were older, a little bit. A little bit. You know, I was only fucking 23. Oh. Summer's almost nine years older. But you're pretty whack then. Like the expectations. Part of it with me is that I did it right out of college and yeah. shit. And uh, with how it worked with like. When Sydney and I got married, it was kind of like a a deal we were making. It really was where I wanted like to do polyamory stuff, and she wasn't that into that, and didn't feel secure enough really to like let me do that. And I was never into marriage, but I was like, maybe if we get married, she'll feel a level of security so that I could do this thing. And it, it would have been like a hierarchical polyamorous thing, probably in yeah. some ways where there's like or a primary like, partner. And, yeah. Um, but that is something that I'm finding I wasn't into anyway, but, but that's how we got into it. And it ended up being again, something that I didn't really see myself doing because my, my parents were divorced and got married and a remarried and it didn't seem that great. And like, um, but I ended up doing it. Right. And so that's the thing about, about this stuff is I just want to talk about it so that people know that th- they don't have to to do things like the normal way or like... Dude, I think Because part of it with... Just real quick, part of it with us is that we had been together for so long, like eight years or yeah. something. It was like, well, this is just kind of what people do anyway. So like, let's just fucking do it. And it ended up putting me in a headspace where I was not prepared to... Like, I felt more caged in at that point and was mm. even less prepared to give myself to Sydney, I think, in a lot right. of ways. So that's just part of my trip about that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, man, again, it comes back to the individual, mm. right? And if you're leading a happy and fulfilled life full of passion, you're probably going to be a pretty cool fucking partner. Right. And if you have a... Well, and you're likely going to pick a partner that allows you to be passionate. Mm. Like, you know, for me, it wasn't always... Uh, combat sports and music for a long time it was rock and ice climbing yeah yeah you know skiing right super heavy fly fishing four days a week i mean summers just let me be me that's the important part i think is that a lot of the time people are insecure with themselves yep and so so they end up setting up kind of like if we imagine our our relationships like a partnership as a sort of umbrella Yep. of safety or openness that you can have, vulnerability that you can have with each other. Yep. I think it gets to a point where people are insecure with themselves such that they close down aspects or areas even under that umbrella. Yep. And then usually, right, like a disease, it spreads. Closure, like, and apathy or, like, stuff just sitting around and not being dealt with leads to more closure. Yep. And then all of a sudden you have, like, an umbrella, but it's got all these holes in it, and all of a sudden there's no good, like, place to be under that umbrella. 
Yeah, that's a good. That's a great analogy. Yeah, and I think that there's uh, on both sides where you see sometimes it's the male, sometimes it's the female. Where you see people that are like, yeah, that are real insecure, right? Or have like some unaddressed personality flaws, mm-hmm. and then they end up with a person who maybe even noted those and was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm gonna train you. Mm. I'm gonna show you exactly how to be, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of kill the individual in yeah, that. Yeah. I, you know, I think for me, I think that's why the focus of my music is always on the individual experience. Because the fact of the matter is, man, mm. if you're a fucking healthy individual yeah, yeah, and you have your shit together, you're not going to end up in fucked up relationships. Right. It, it, romantically or interpersonal. Right. You're just not going to allow fuckery in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... It, and... You're going to be more apt to be like, oh, I'm going to lend myself to this cause because mm. I know I'm an able-bodied, capable person and I'm going to go for it. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I think that's why I always put so much emphasis on the individual mm-hmm. is because, like, you know, if, if, you, if, if you're a healthy person and you got your shit together, polyamory is probably going to work out because, mm. you've, uh, you've, you know, you've exposed all the wounds of jealousy and all these things and you've, you've tended to them. Right. You know, and it's like... I guess that's a problem with monogamy a lot of the time and, like, toxic monogamy, right, would be that you start reinforcing insecurities. Like yep. when somebody gets jealous, for example, like of friends even, instead of it being a reason to be like, hey, I'm just going to do something normal, like hanging out with my friends and you're freaking out. Like that's not a problem with me. That seems like some insecurity, like abandonment issues or something with you. Yes. Like, that's not my problem. But a lot of the time, right, with relationships, sometimes if they close up, then that does become a real thing where the person like goes with it because that person, their partner has the most opportunity to make their life unpleasant. So like, well, and they there's don't this wanna... fear of like, well, shit, I don't want to not have a partner. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah. then your abandonment issues feed into that and it becomes a whole toxic cycle. Yep. And I guess that's what I get concerned about too. is like people coming up with ways not to address things. Right. So in a lot of, we're on the same page with a lot of this shit. Yeah. And I, yeah, dude. And I, it's definitely a thing with, with relationships. I can definitely see why people are trying to poke at and prod away at trying different things. Mm. Um, you know, I see, I just see a lot of it in like personal conditioning where like, you know, another huge thing yeah. is when we, again, talking about the like conveyor belt mm-hmm. of, you know, the typical human experiences, mm-hmm. it's like, the person you fell in love with when you were kidless and carefree in college mm. probably isn't going to be the dude that's mm. 38 that's been working the shit job Big that he doesn't like yeah. to provide for you guys. Right. You know, so it's like, um, man, I just I, I, I've seen some real poor relationship examples and I've seen some real cool ones yeah, yeah. where, um, you know, this is a, a couple that was a friend of dear friend of summers that became friends of mine where the husband was very unhappy at work. Mm. And he told his wife, like, look, man, I've been holding down this job, you know, so you could get your business going and we could get this house and we have this house. And I'm telling you, this job is fucking killing me. And she goes without any hesitation, like, okay, well, why don't, what, what do you want to do? Here's what I want to do. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to readjust our whole life so you can do that then. Like that's a partnership, man. You know, that's a fucking partnership. Right, right. And not enough people are that way. And it's like, you know, like my wife just started her own business and it feels really cool to get a reciprocate uh, support for her starting her own thing as she was super supportive of me doing the music thing far mm. before it was a profitable business. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just it, dude. And and the early indicators of like, like you said, 
you know, people will show you who they are. And not not saying people shouldn't have second chances or like yeah, yeah. you know, time to time to express a little more reason, but like right. there's definitely uh, you know, like that would be a huge red flag if someone was like, Well, what are you gonna do? Like being with someone that was constantly questioning, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, who's all there? It's like like come on, man! I'm you know like you either you either in this thing with me or you're not, right. <laughs> you know, or you either believe I'm in it with you or you don't. Right. You know. Right. Part of that closure thing, right? And it has a lot to do. And passion, that word, it, to me, there's like curiosity is built into passion somehow. Yep. Um, and so, right, even with the example of hobbies or interests outside of the relationship, like one that the wife isn't interested in, and is like, oh, don't do that. Then you're like literally shutting down that like curious, like passionate impulse to be like, oh, like say dad's into like fucking model airplanes that he can build and fly through the sky. And the wife's like, no, it's too expensive in this stuff. Yep. And then you wonder why the passion is gone in the bedroom. Yep. It's like because you've shut it down everywhere else. Yep. Because you're too insecure or, or, or there's been a structure that's built insecurities. And yeah, I guess for me, it's like, dude, you don't like. Uh, perfect example. My wife last night was like, I need to be going to more yoga trainings. Like I haven't gone to one in two years. Like I need to. And like the way she was looking at me when she was saying it. And I just like very matter of fact was like, then that's what you'll do this year. (laughs) You know, like, uh, you know, I told her I want to go compete in fucking grapplers quest, uh, you know, or or this winter I want to compete in more, uh, submission grappling tournaments zero hesitation oh okay cool that right, that right. seems like that would be a good one for you right right you know instead of treating it like a pain like we're trying to run a family here yeah right? yeah yeah i think that's what happens a lot of the time with reason like running a family is fucking takes a lot of time yeah i think there's a again like you know <coughs> there's a level of give and take and sacrifice and everything mm-hmm. you know and the sacrifice is i'm gonna do whatever it takes for my partner to be happy she's gonna do the same for me mm. So, although I might not want to spend seven consecutive days home with the kids and be the only one that's doing the dinner and the driving and all of those things, so she can go to a yoga teacher training, I'm going to do that mm-hmm. because she allows me to, A, follow my passion, which is music, yeah. but also if I told her, hey, I want to go, when you get back, I'm going to go to Phoenix for seven days and I'm going to train, you know, a black flag. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. there's the give and take. Right, right. And if you don't have that give and take... Or every time you take, there's some jealousy there. Mm-hmm. Or every time you take, there's some resentment there. It's like, that shit isn't going to work. I call that chips, chip games, like yep. a poker chip type deal where, like, yep. it's like, all right, well, I'm keeping track of that. And this is part of my concern with this stuff is that, and it relates to capitalism and, like, the world we live in, which is, like, a dog-eat-dog world, right? And um, I always think of this idea that we're... Kind of, if you're not a billionaire, you're a peasant almost. Mm-hmm. And especially if you project that in the future, I think that'll become more true. So the rest of us are just fighting over scraps as we run around in our little box cars and stuff and like just try to get ours to make sure that we pay the bills because it's kind of fucking hard. And then in that mindset, as you run around, you have to be like competing with people and like watching out so that somebody doesn't try to fucking steal your shit out of your car or, like, whatever it is. And then we take that same greedy, scarcity mindset into the home to the people that we're supposed to have that none with. Yeah. The least with. And so we take these, like, chip games about, like, oh, fucking Roger ripped me off last time. I'm going to stiff him on this one. Then you take that one to your partner, and it's the same deal. Like, 
you were late with, from your guys' night the other night. Like, that means I'm going to be late this night. Instead yeah, of being yeah, like yeah, yeah. having a thing where it's like, oh, you were late the other night. Do you mind if I'm out? Or you don't have to bring it up, right? At a certain point, it's just like, hey, I'm going to be late tonight. And th- nobody has to be mad. It doesn't have to become like a, a resentment issue. Or Yeah. Well, I think ownership's a lot of it of just like, hey, that was my bad. Right. Um, you or know, not being clear in the first place. Like, right. Hey, baby, I think it's going to go later tonight. Like, right. Right. Do you care? Yep. But being afraid to ask in the first place because you yeah. get mad and then they get mad later when you are late. You yeah. know, as far as the game, man, and the hustle, um, you know, I, I I think this is one of the few things that, that you and I completely disagree on, man. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the game. I like the. I think the game is fun. Yeah. I think capitalism is fun. You could do things, but I th- well, what I'm always trying to do is so. For instance, I pay my guys that work for me. Yeah. I pay my guys what people I know that make ten times what I make. Yeah. Pay their guys. Yeah, yeah. So, w- my game is. Don't put me on a don't put me on a fucking curated Spotify playlist. I'm gonna get ten million plays anyway, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh what? Oh, my, our agency dropped us. Cool. We'll self book a tour, motherfucker, and mm. we're selling out three out of the four shows. Mm. Like, I just have this tenacity and aggressiveness that I approach this shit with, man. That mm. like, you know, oh man, short of getting shot the fuck down, I think I just, I just love it, man. And I and mm. I and I and I strive. Um, I don't bring up the pay thing to, you know, to f- pat myself on the nuts. It's just I, I, I pride myself on playing the game and not doing it in a dog-eat-dog way, Word. but just being like, you know, I'm not Mickey Ward. I'm not in there being like, okay, I'm going to throw some good ones and I'm going to eat a bunch of shit. I'm in there, like, trying to be Mayweather of just like, nah, mm. I'm dodging bullshit left mm. and right. Mm. I'm going to do this shit with integrity. Mm. But at the base of it is going to be hard work and that nothing given to me. Mm. I want that to always be the thing that I can point to is like, nah, man, you know what did this shit? Hard work. Mm. Going on tour when I didn't want to go on tour. Mm. Playing shows when I was fucking sick because everyone else needed the pay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I it, to, 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 to play the game and play it with tenacity and aggressiveness mm-hmm. and be willing to die for it and also be able to say that you did it with integrity, yeah, that's yeah. fucking way cooler than money to me. The money will come if you play it like that. Mm. Um, Word. So I'm down with that. I mean, like, we have to exist in this system. Yep. So, right, like, figuring out ways to do that in that in a non That don't make you homeless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that don't also don't make you homeless, yeah. Yeah. Or buried in debt or something. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm interested, you know. Like, yep. I'm, I'm playing the game right now. I have a podcast and shit. And like, Dude, I, well, I think, I think the thing is is that there's, like, you know, it doesn't need to be, like, oh, I'm a socialist. Mm. Oh, I'm a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm this. I'm like, no, man. I, I, I believe that, you know, you can't have a quality of outcome without equality of input. Mm. I don't think we should just be like, okay, well, everyone gets this chunk mm. regardless of what you do because that's going to shut down. You our don't like n- universal basic income? No. Oh, man. Oh, uh, eh. I'm Come not on. opposed to that. What I'm opposed to is the idea that whether you went to school for you know, an extra 10 years to be a doctor mm. that you could get paid the same as being like, man, no, I'm just going to make coffee. Yeah, yeah, I don't think those are the same. I don't think they're on the same level. I don't think you should be paid for the same because the input was we so much have higher. Doctors. Yes. That's part of the problem. But. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't think like, for or instance, lawyers. if if we're going to, if we're going to play like on the music tip. Yeah. I don't think people that don't work as hard as me should get to do as well as me. Mm. I don't think that's fucking fair. 
because life ain't fair, buddy. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know what I mean? I know what I sacrifice and what I output for my business sure. to be successful. So I, 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 feel, I feel vindicated in, in, in bearing the fruit from yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, I, you know, I, but I also, you know, I guess my socialist beliefs are that, like, dude, if you're making a billion dollars and people that work for you are on government benefits, that seems pretty fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but again... Some of these things are considered revolutionary ideas. When I hear people talk about them, like we're starting a political revolution, like when Bernie Sanders is saying, "I'm like making healthcare free, making education <laughs> oh, free." Like, yeah. these are revolution. This yeah, seems yeah. just like common sense to me. Right, right. Like maybe we quit giving Israel fucking eleven million dollars a day and we start fucking giving making college free. Like, yeah. uh-huh. you know, like yeah, right. of course that's a fucking better idea. Right, There's another article that said we spent. Thirty million dollars a day, or some crazy shit. On, I just on read a thing, a write up, ten point four on on war. Oh, this is just in aid to Israel. No, yeah, I'm talking about something else. Oh yeah, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's what that's what I mean. It's something like thirty million dollars an hour. Yeah. Or oh yeah. Crazy. Just a doubt. on war in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what do we have out of all of the wars? You know, you look at Iraq and Afghanistan. What do we have to point to that we've gained? Uh. So what? probably some real good heroin circulating in the country yeah, for yeah. sure. Halliburton stocks are up. Halliburton stocks went way up. Boom, boom. That a boy Cheney, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a, and, and, but here's the thing, the things that you and I are talking about when my brother was in Iraq, I remember having these conversations with people yeah. and they would look at me like I was talking about flat earth. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> these things are common knowledge now. What's that wrong we- with flat earth? <laughs> just joking. But you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, like yeah. the, I, these ideas, right. That like war is a, as a profit game that uh, has elected officials with yeah, very yeah. much vested monetary interests in things. It was radical. This, these were radical things. Yeah. That's not radical anymore, dude. It's factual. And you and I are considered almost middle-aged dudes now, okay? <laughs> oh, dear. All right? That's not true. Okay, well, it How is. How old are you? I'm 32. Oh, it would be 32 in October. 25? 26? I just turned 26. Oh, okay. I forget. Yeah, I always forget you're so much younger than yeah, me. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're still a young buck. But yes. spring chicken, if you will. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, I... I, I I think society and our expectations of it are changing at such a rapid rate. That's yeah. why I have hope. Yeah. And even if we do only have five years to figure out the climate thing, I think we're fucking like, I think the the mass populace is ready for it and is going to be way more apt to make the necessary changes than previous before. Because these things are like, again, like if you, well, I mean, Trump is president. So that's a, that's a fucky, that's not a good thing to point to, to prove my, my point. <laughs> but you know, if, if, I think in most places you go, if you were to say out loud, this fucking climate change thing is a bunch of bullshit. This is not real. Everyone around you would be like, you, sir, are a dumbass. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's too late. I might. I don't want to get back into the dark. (laughs) But I just mean, you know, what gives me hope is that minds are radically changing every day. So these things that used to be very revolutionary ideas are very woke thoughts. Are pretty fucking common sense now. Um, I I I just do, man. I just have hope, and if that makes me fucking stupid, then I guess I'm stupid. No, I don't think it's stupid. Yeah, I do have a sticker that says "No Hope." I know. I had one. I have one on my suitcase. <laughs> Um, you you put that somewhere? Yeah, I have oh. no good scum and a no hope on my suitcase, and I, I always get funny looks at the airport. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. One thing that bums me out. Is that Exxon knew in 1979 about climate change? Yeah, yeah. Like they saw we, the numbers and they're like, "We we need money anyway." They're like, "Hey, sci- internal scientists that discovered that, you're fired." 
<laughs> By the way, thanks for the data. We're going to use it for projections about where we can drill once it warms up. Yeah, right. And then they spent a bunch of money on, like, anti-climate stuff to basically boot our conversation, like, 30 years back. So maybe if we'd started, like, doing recycling shit or something in 1979 and, like, doing electric car stuff, then we would be okay. Here's the thing, though, man. Again, whether it's in your personal life or, like, whatever it is, like, okay, so here's the big problem. Mm -hmm. And that big problem is made up as a bunch of smaller things, right? Yeah, yeah. Being, like, okay, well, five of the most populated cities in the country just outlawed single-use plastics. Mm. That, to me, is a pretty huge step because it's, like, okay, cool. So we just took fucking ten tons worth of plastic out of every day. Out of the equation. That's a fucking hell of a start. Um, and we like the thing the, the thing that I always use in terms of like satsunk fan base, right? Mm. Is the more people that know about you is the more people that know about you. Right? The more people that learn about your band or you have more mm. people that are gonna tell more people. Yeah, yeah. And then that just, you know, in a perfect world that keeps rippling out until you're doing excellent. Yeah. Um and I think that's the same way as it's like you know, it starts with like, okay, well, San Francisco did that. Well, yeah, well, that's San Francisco. Okay, well, L.A. did it. Well, there's a fuck ton of rich people in L.A., so mm-hmm. if they were down to do it, okay, well, now Phoenix is doing it. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it starts happening exponentially, and then these things just become standard practice. Hell yeah. Um, and I, 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 do, I do think people are taking things far more seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, you know, the conversations are going, and the data's in. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... It is in. It is in. (laughs) Has been for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think, too, you know, it's like, um, you know, extraordinary people are the ones that change the world. Mm. You know, it's never the basic bitches, if you will. Oh. You know, can I say that? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I do. What's funny is I tend to use bitch more towards dudes. Actually, dude, let me let me I want to bring this to your attention. As a, as a proprietor of, uh, of leftist knowings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I once said, if a dude hits another woman, he's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I was attacked by a feminist for using the term bitch. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, I was literally... We talked about this. Did we? Yeah, on the phone one time. Yeah, oh man, it blew me right out of my shorts. The thing I point about that is that you're playing off of a toxic masculinity when you say that, that guy is a bitch and that's a bad thing. Like he's a. I just don't know. You're about saying all that a woman things, can't man. can't like a like. What was it? Provide for his family or pro- provide for the family? I don't know. Yeah, you know these these the, the speech police though, man. I have, I'm not into speech policing, but I am into like being conscious about what yeah, the words you're saying, dude. Do. One thing I really struggle with, um, that I'll admit, uh, and I'm always open. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, always down for self-improvement. You know, I have a lot of words uh, that I grew up with and around that I say that, like, to me, I'm like, no, man, of course you say that. Not, like, not racial slurs and things like that, but stuff like that, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck that dude. He's a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and in my mind, that's just, like, that's a dude that, like, cheats on his old lady, doesn't take care of his kids, like, doesn't work, just like a slime ball. Like, that's so what you call that. he's as bad as a woman. No. That's, what I, that's where the bit, that's, that's where I'm coming okay. from. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that's how it's interpreted by someone that's, like, defending that. Like, yo, right. man, you shouldn't say that. Right. 
But like the, a but, fucking bitch would would care for her family. Like she probably right, worked right. three jobs to make sure those kids. Okay, got but fed, but right? where's the line if I'm like that dude's a punk? Because where I'm from too, like if someone calls you a punk, it's like you better be ready to throw down. Oh right. Like I'm not a fucking punk, blah yeah. blah blah. But it's like, what if punk rockers started being like, hey man, I actually identify as a punk. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could not use that <laughs> word when you're like referring to someone that's a piece of shit, that'd be awesome. Yeah yeah. You know what I mean. Not, uh, and I'm down to respect people And if someone was like Hey man could you not say bitch around me yeah. Like that's my whole thing right. Like listen I'll call someone like You know whether it's like gender pronouns or whatever Like you just tell me what your name is I'm gonna call you that yeah. um, But like I, I, You won't use pronouns? I, I'm not opposed to it yeah. I just like I, if, if, if so Like listen I guess my point here is if someone tells me what they prefer to be called, or if someone tells anyone, and yeah, you're yeah. like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You're a dick. You're kind of just a dick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, now, saying, like, I'm going to fucking arrest you if you don't use pronouns, like, that's pretty fucked. Mm. And I don't agree with that in the slightest. Mm. Um, because some people just aren't going to do it. And mm-hmm. I think where it gets tricky is when you're like, well, there's 27 pronouns. It's like, uh, wh- let's skip all the bullshit. What's your name? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Do you identify as... Carl or Katie? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm just going to call you by your name just to make things easy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just to skip all the things. Like, I'm just, just tell me your name and I'll just make sure that I <laughs> identify you as your name yeah. and nothing else. Um, but again, the thing, the thing, the fact remains if someone's like, hey, could you not use bitch around me? Yeah. You'd have to be a real asshole to be like, nah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I don't like is it's like, that's the middle ground that no one's seeing. It's like the people on the far left are like, you must say this thing or we're fucking breaking windows and we'll call you out online the and you'll lose your job. You get rednecks who are like, well, you're either a man or a woman. I just don't understand. Yes, exactly, exactly. So it goes the other way too, right? Where oh, absolutely. Yo, no, play. exactly. That's what I was just going to say is it's like on the left, they're like, you must say these things. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you are this. And if you don't do it, then we're going to fuck you up. And we're going to like call you out online. We're going to get you fired from your job. And people on the right are like, nah, this is how it is. And I don't give a fuck what you say. And yeah. it's like, no, how about you just meet in the middle and you're like, hey, I would like it if you called me this. Mm-hmm. And if I calmly tell you I would really like it yeah. if you said this and you don't do that, yeah, yeah. you're an asshole, man. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, I think that's the kind of mutual respect we need. What we need to, like, one thing that we're running a little low on time, but yeah. one thing that really does concern me recently. How much time we got? Uh, like 10 minutes. All right. Um, call out culture. Yeah. Um, Drew, we're trying to get into something here. I'm sorry. You're just texting. I'll just call her. I'll just call her. It's, my, <laughs> it's the realtor. Um, um, oh, the realtor. Yeah. Um. So it's it's something I don't mean to keep pointing at like, ooh, the left is the problem because I think the right is the most. I, I think the reason I never address the right is because so the, obvious. It's just so obviously <laughs> fucking stupid yeah. that it's just like I don't. I'm not even going there. <laughs> That's like so obviously fucking stupid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, nailed it. Um. <laughs> one thing that really worries me is like, uh, I guess an easy thing to point to is what happened at Evergreen College, right? Yeah. Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about it. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Um. That kind of shit worries me, man. And and like. I, I want to do more long form conversations, but like just me using the term bitch, like could have, I could have just lost 15 fans. Yeah. Could have just happened. Um, you know, and then on the other side of it, it was like, uh, I'm in the process of buying this house and she's like, okay, cool. The homeowner Googled you. And I'm like, oh shit. Hopefully he didn't listen to the first track of the record. Cause if he's a Trump supporter, I'm not getting that house, mm. you know, um, <laughs> which is cool. I'll make my bed. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with it. Um, 
but this call out culture thing, it just doesn't seem to allow f- for any nuance at all, right? Mm. And again, it goes back to the whole like identity politics thing. Um, I just hate fucking boxes, man, and I try to yeah, live yeah. my life in a way that really just uh, sets them on fire, right? Um, like most people wouldn't think that I did with my free time what I do with it. I mm. think that's amazing. I actually revel in it quite a bit. Mm. Um, now the other side of that is. You know, in the days of small sound bites and Facebook headlines, it's really easy for someone like I see this with Jordan Peterson a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Where like one thing that he said, well, you know, we'll get him a fucking residency at a college taken from him because mm-hmm. something he said was taken out of context. Um, and not just him, but it happens mm-hmm. everywhere. And I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Like, right? Like, for instance, um, an example of call-out culture being excellent but still failing somehow, which is uh, was like the, when the Trump tape of him and that bus came out, right? Of him mm. saying all that shit. Of wh- when Trump was on the bus, the grabber by the pussy yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like when that came out, you would have thought, been like, boom. Like when that came out, I was like, cool, nail in the coffin. Mm. He's not going to be president. That's, Me, that's great. That's what I thought too. Um, which is crazy that it didn't work there. So Actually, like, a lot of uh, women voted for him. Yeah, which is so wild. Like what does that say? Suburban... Suburban ladies. Yep. So, like, I guess I look at call-out culture as, like, in the era where there is people that should be called out and blown up, Mm. you know, I I guess one thing that I worry about with identity politics and calling people out unjustly, right, without giving them a chance to explain themselves, Mm. um, is that there creates these weird kind of, like, you know, you can really fuck somebody's life up Mm -hmm. by taking something they said out of context. It's something that I worry about. I try not to be scared of it ever because I mm. feel like, you know, I'm, I feel like I have my head on my shoulder straight enough that I yeah. can navigate it. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Just as far as, like, um, I don't know. I, Do you think, for instance, like, if, if, like, a local musician just here in Billings yeah. said the N-word somewhere or something like that, yeah. Would your instinct be like, I'm going to blow up his spot? Like, ooh, a perfect example. You remember that Larry dude Yeah. that, like, started the coffee tavern or yeah, whatever? Yeah. He had said all that, posted all that crazy shit. Yeah. That was a time where I was like, good, man, fuck you. I'm yeah. so glad this is coming to light. Yeah, For yeah. those of you, obviously, who don't know what we're talking about, there's a guy here that was like... It was a, internet famous, though. Yeah. It was on BuzzFeed or something? Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had posted all these... Cr- dude, I'm talking crazy Coffee Tavern, shit. Billings, Montana... Just Google yeah, that. The yeah. guy that owns Coffee Tavern Billings, Montana. Dude, crazy racist shit. Like violent. He's talking about shoving a bat up Hillary Clinton's cunt and And hanging black people bad. and like yeah. just the most absurd racial slurs you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and this came to light like three days before he opened this little <laughs> coffee shop venue yeah, downtown. Yeah. Needless to say, his business hasn't done well. Mm-mm. Um and like so, like, that, I think, is, like, a great form of activism. Me and my Uncle Joe talk about mm. this all the time, right? Of, like, the great thing about dark people is for people to see what they really are. All you got to do is put a spotlight on mm. it. You know? So, like, that's the kind of activism. But, like, I guess one thing I see with these echo chambers is what's happening is when you have hierarchies built on mm. oppression and victimhood and call-out culture, what can continue to happen is... There are actual problems. Like, black people are being disproportionately fucking murdered by the police. Mm. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. So when all of these other people are complaining about things that aren't really, like, life-threatening problems, like, you're talking about serious shit, right? The climate and stuff Mm. like that. 
people of color being murdered by the police is a real fucking problem. So I guess when I see um, the pronouns thing and all of this other, like, all of, uh, uh, just a lot of, st- that's a poor example. I think that's just a product of, like, shitty fundaments. Like, we just have really strict male-female boxes that fuck people up, and people are like, fuck that, and now we're having to deal with like a, yeah, 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 a yeah, reorganization sure. of that, basically. Yeah, I think there's a lot of confused, like, I've met a lot of confused people that have gone through crazy phases of, like, you know, okay, well, now I identify as a woman. And so what if we just had it, uh, had it set up where it wasn't such a big deal about how you identify I think that's where anyway. we're going. I, yeah. I, and that's what I think it should be. Like, you right. do whatever the fuck you want to yeah. do. If you're not hurting people, I don't care what you do. Right. We don't have pink and... I mean, that's where the pink and blue stuff does have some fucking shit, right? Totally, it's totally. Like, if you raise somebody who is more feminine with blue stuff and they're like male bodied and you make them think that they have to act tough and do all this right. stuff. Absolutely. Then they're just going to be confused about who they are because. Yeah, they just absolutely. Aren't that That's way. a great insight into that. Yeah. I guess I just see a lot of like um, activists wanting to step up and speak for people that they aren't. Right. Like mm. it's not even. The pronoun thing, it's like people wanting to speak up on behalf of these causes. Like, mm. oh, man, there's the, the, the gal on Facebook that with, with the bitch thing is a perfect example. Mm. Um, wanting to persistently speak up on behalf of these oppressed cultures mm. where it's like, you know, actually, man, it might benefit you to just shut the fuck up. Because, mm. like, there's so much real stuff happening. Mm. Your voice is taking away from the real problem because you're drawing so much attention to yourself and how it's making you feel and all of that. Um, and I was just having this conversation with a, with a friend of mine. Like I, we've been friends longer than than we haven't, as far as my lifespan goes. Black mm. black belt dude that I grew up with, and he was like saying that on Facebook all the time. Like girl, this uh, this girl will always comment like, you know, essentially like I'm a white person, and for that I apologize, mm. and I'm gonna do this, you know, and like is just trying to position herself in arguments like. To make it seem like she's helping the cause when in reality it's like he's like it makes me feel really uncomfortable because I'm like you can just be a you and be like hey I agree with you Mm. you know you don't have to like I don't even know what I'm getting at here I just think the like activist culture is getting to a place where it's like people are getting identity from being like oh yeah I am this kind of activist and I speak up on behalf of this people well some people call it uh, virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Like it's a way of showing how woke you are, basically. Yeah, and they're trying to get like status points for it. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's and I think it's just probably due to the nature of my music and the like people drawn to it. Mm. I see a lot of it where it's like, dude, you can support people without being like crazy overt and like try to get points for it. You can mm. just be like, hey, I don't necessarily understand all of the pronoun stuff. I'd like to, and I'm gonna do whatever. Um, I can to be respectful to whoever I'm around. Yeah. Uh, and I genuinely care about people and I want everyone to feel safe and secure. Right. That seems pretty nice. It yeah. seems pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing right. where we have to shout at people and, and fuck things up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could just not be dicks. Right. Dude, that could be. It's a campaign slogan. We could. <laughs> Just don't be Drew dicks. McMahon is 2020. We could not be dicks together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by calling someone a dick, you're also inferring that they're a bad person just because they have a yeah, penis. Because people with penises are usually assholes. <laughs> you and I seem to be all right. Yeah, but through history. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander the Great and yeah. such. All right, Jamie. well, I've got to go do some videos.
Yeah, are you doing the uh, little tiny desk thing? No, no. So um, we are going to do just a series of 45 to 60 second videos where I explain uh, a little bit behind each song on the record. And then we'll release them incrementally so people can get some insight into the songs. Instagram or what? Yeah, 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 all the things. Sweet. Yep. Uh, Any other plugs? I guess album again, culture. Yeah, we just released the new album. Uh, Sat Sung spelled Satsang. S A T S A N G. Um, Instagram. Uh, I'm always on that. If you want to see Satsang music. Yep, Satsang music. Yeah, if you want to see um, Satsang. Sorry, <laughs> my beautiful baby and uh, jujitsu and different smoothies that I make and. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Tour life. Tour, tour life. life. Yeah, when we're on the road, there's always funny shit on there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, any fi- like top, just to wrap up, like. Top five or three or whatever moments or one in the last year where you're like, I fucking worked and something happened and it fucking worked. Um, two that I can think of that were kind of just the same experience at a different place. Um, mm. the, uh, the one I guess that I would share the most. We were at a, a music festival called Resonance, which is uh, uh, mainly an electronic music festival. Mm. Us and a band called Rising Appalachia were the only non-DJs that I'm aware of that mm. were on the lineup. <laughs> uh, and we were paying this weird side stage way back in the festival ground. And we didn't know that till we got there. And I was like, well, fuck, man. Nobody's like, going over no here. No one's coming to this set. Yeah. And the tent, like, dude, we get to this tent, and it fits, like, 1,500 people in it. Mm. Wow, I'm yeah. just like, fuck. It's going to look so weird mm. in here. Like, there's probably 200 of our fans here. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then we find out that Soundtrap Sector 9 is playing during our set. For those of you that don't know, that's probably, as far as bands go, that's like if DJs were a band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, dude, they sell out Red Rocks oh, wow. every year and okay. have for many, many years. And yeah. we were just like, all right, cool. We just got fucked. And it was the very last uh, show of Summer Tour. Oh, oh, yeah. So we're hanging out all day listening to Tired. terrible bass music. Uh-huh. Just weird, creepy, glitter-covered people on drugs all day. Um, and we're setting up our set, and the DJ that was before us was, like, taking his sweet time and, like, hanging out and having a conversation. And I actually had to go on stage. was like, yo, bro, get your shit. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, anyway, we set up, and, like, as we're setting up, the tent, like, slowly starts filling up. And we're just like, no shit. Okay. And by the time we started playing the first song, the tent was completely full. Wow. And when we hit, the first song we played was Grow. And we got to the chorus, and the crowd was singing so loud that Carl and I just stopped and, like, walked back from the microphones, and everyone was singing our shit. That's awesome. And I was just like, yeah, that that was a moment that I'll never forget, especially after a summer uh, of touring just as hard as we did. Yeah, yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. So, wait, how many people were at the festival? The festival was huge, okay. dude. Over 5,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, it, you still drew. That's right. Yeah, we drew a shit ton drew, of people. Drew, drew. Yep. Fun. Yep. Yeah, I just actually saw a video. Someone put, posted a clip of that on Instagram yesterday. Yeah. And it took me right back to that memory. Sorry about that cat. He'll cuddle with you yeah, if I you want that. it or not. Any oh. others? That was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we sold out. Yeah, you guys like did really two well. Two to 400 person venues, but yeah. we sold out most of our shows last summer. Yeah. Um, which was a crazy thing, you know, because that tour we had. Uh, we had signed with this big agency, and they had dropped us. And then I took, like, six months off and wasn't even sure if I was going to keep at it. Yeah. And then we self-booked this tour. Sold out almost all the shows. Boom. Yep. 
So, That's yeah, it was cool. a good year. We're getting ready to head back to the Midwest and the East Coast, so hmm. should be a bunch more awesome shows. And Sweet. Hope they go well. Follow us on Instagram Me to too. find out. If yeah, not, yeah. I'll tell jokes in the green room. Cool. Thanks, yeah. Drew. Yeah, dude. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, your for time. having me. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. do it again. This is fun. Well, that does it for the first episode of Filthy Talk. Um, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. If you're hearing this, it means that you fucking listen to the whole thing, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you're driving or working or something, but long conversations are a good way to pass the time. Um, I clean houses and pass the time that way. Um, it's a nice nerdy way to kind of bust out when you have to do other shit. Um, thanks again to Drew McManus for joining me in my living room, uh, eating some kimchi and drinking some kombucha and talking about shit. Uh, I guess I need to get my shit together. I just realized that I don't really have like a audio clip for like the theme song clip for this podcast where it'd be like, filthy talk, bow, 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 pew, pew. Or whatever um, So I need to put that together uh, But I'm also just excited about this And I want to put it out So kind of don't care for the first episode here uh, Thanks for hanging out If you like what you heard here Please check out waste-division.org uh, Check out our Patreon there You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month And receive uh, stickers Or other more substantial RD products in the mail uh, and thanks again for listening to the first episode of Filthy Talk. I'm really excited. Uh, okay, music on this episode is by Satsung. It's from their new album, Culture, with a K, which you can find on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get music, probably. Um, hopefully, I don't, yeah, I don't think they'll sue me. Okay. See you next Wednesday. Did everything but relapse to try to make it through. Reassess my life and reassess the crew. Fall of 2017, it all hit the fan. Proud of the music, started hating the man. Feeling all depression and I started asking why. It finally made sense when my wife birthed Malachi. Never thought I'd make it here. Dream is life and now it's clear. Balance is the medicine, the family gonna take us there. Shout out to Grindhouse for making me a better man. Ego under wraps and getting better with my hands. Finally learned to trust when all them shows sold out. Blessed by unbelief was moved to tears no doubt thanks be to you for being in this music if y'all done listening then i'm done crooning finally made sense why we got to this ground it's y'all to teach me not the other way around maybe it's cyclical but anyway i said it never take it for granted or forget it let's go and get it see we got so far to go even though we come so far we gotta push on so they know and they don't forget who we are say we got so far to go even though we come so far we gotta push on so they know and they don't forget who we are every individual control their own dominion so keep yours clean Every individual control their own opinion. So make your scene. Every individual control their own dominion. So keep yours clean. Every individual control their own opinion. So make your scene. I said we got so far to go. Even though we come so far, yeah. 
We gotta push on so they know And they don't forget who we are I say we got so far to go Even though we come so far, so yeah. far We gotta push on so they know And they don't forget who we are I say we got so far to go Even though we come so far, so yeah. far. We gotta push on so they know And they don't forget who we are I say we got so far to go Even though we come so far, so yeah. far. Push on so they know, and they don't forget who we are.